0: Welcome to the 377th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on February 25th, 2024. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is a man who's just full of surprises, Carlos Rodella.
1: I got a big surprise, and it's for you. Oh, I hate surprises. What is it? Well, it's a surprise for you and all of the listening audience. Okay. Hit me. And them. And all of us. Here it is. Is uh, I brought back our YouTube channel.
0: Oh, snap. Okay. What, uh, what motivated you to do that?
1: Well, one, I make content all the time for all these other things. You do. You do. And, uh, you know, ours has been lying dormant for way too long. Yeah, it was resting up. It was recharging. It was recharging. Uh, I first off I changed the name of it. So it has its own handle. So all you have to do is go to YouTube and look for at so video games Podcast. So I think it's just YouTube.com slash at so video games podcast. Oh, okay, nice. That's pretty easy to remember. Easy to remember. There it is. That's already done. And on top of that, um I noticed by the way on our channel that we had done a live stream episode. Did we? Yeah. And I was like, What? We did? We maybe we'd do that again. I don't know. If when the audience was, I don't remember it. that. When was that? I don't know, but it's up there. You can still listen to it. Wow, okay. And then I made our first YouTube sh- YouTube short, okay. and uh, it's up now.
0: Nice. I should probably go check it out. Now the so surprise I know about is it.
1: that I just put it up, yeah. Excellent.
0: Excellent. All right, cool. Well, I'll go check it out after the show, and then uh, if anybody listening wants to go check it out, let us know. Let us know what you think if you want to see more, or if you like it, you didn't like it, or uh, anything, any feedback, sure.
1: Even if you don't want more, I'm doing more, so...
0: That's well, it. Okay. Well, I guess if you don't want more, maybe keep that under your hat. But yeah, uh, <laughs> just don't
1: tell us. But no, right. like uh, the idea is that just doing YouTube Shorts. At some point, we'll go back
0: and maybe I'll make a TikTok for us. But or we have a TikTok? I don't know. I uh, do not have it. No, I. I think I created a personal TikTok because my wife wanted me to, or like my boss wanted me to, and I haven't. I don't think I've even ticked or talked, and I don't think I ever check it. I think it just exists. Okay. I don't think we have anything for the show. Maybe we'll do
1: something for the show. And then on top of that, we have the Instagram. So these kind of like short videos we can put lots of places. But what they are, just really quickly, is in our housekeeping is when you and I go back and forth all the time on tons of stuff. Yes. So I'm just taking clips from that and then putting some imagery to it. And there you go. Bob's your uncle.
0: Good little, no, that's weird. Wait, is that, you're not supposed to say that? You can. I mean, you got to say it with a British accent then.
1: Oh. And then Bob's your I can't do British accent. <laughs> hey, governor. And oh, no, no. We're no, offending I your entire it. UK audience, please. That really? I, w-
0: that, is that like a sexual thing? No, do- no. Bob's your uncle just means like, there you go. You got there it. There you go. Yeah yeah. 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 But it was just funny. Your accent was funny.
1: Well, we're never doing it. I'm not
0: doing accent ever again. No, it's like in, it's funny because whenever I try to do an accent in my head, it sounds wonderful, and when it comes out of my mouth, my family just laughs at me, but oh, not yeah. in the good way, not in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there anyway.
1: you go. YouTube, check it out at So Video Games Podcast, and shorts will be up now
0: regularly. All right, there we go. Excellent. Um, and speaking of housekeeping, which you just mentioned is going to be kind of the main content of the shorts, we are kicking off housekeeping right now, Carlos. Uh, folks, everyone knows that Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided right down the middle with a strip of duct tape, shiny silver, his side, my side, things are a mess and we're going to tidy up right here and right now. This is housekeeping and there's a lot of stuff in this house. Carlos, I see a bunch of stuff on your side. What you got over there? Oh my goodness.
1: There's so many boxes. I'm trying to figure out which one I open first. You want to start
0: small and then big or big and then small? What, what's your style? Yeah. small then big sounds good. Okay. Um right.
1: This is kind of a small one, but as you know, I watch all the YouTube videos, and especially ones on gaming. And I saw one from YouTuber Raz Buten, which is R A Z B U T E N. Okay. Uh, he has a lot of really cool, thoughtful, uh, like mini docs on games. And one of them was on difficulty is weird. That's what it's called. Difficulty is weird. Okay. And it's just on difficulty, and I it resonated with me so much because basically every single game we're gonna talk about today on the show has difficulty sliders, including, you know, obviously the crafting type games nowadays. Mm -hmm. And it's just baffling to me. Like, it's cool that I can have choices. And I think, you know, he was saying something like that in the video as well, like just difficulty being unusual. Like, you know, if it's too hard, if it's too easy, if we get to change it and tweak it, like what's the actual desired experience, you know, that the developer wants you to have. And so that video just kind of got me thinking about it. And then I noticed that all the games that I played, I think every single game I played this week had sliders. And I don't know if I have a comment on this. It's more like just I'm bringing it up to you and and the listening audience. But difficulty is weird. And I, I generally nowadays go to story mode if there is one just because I want the experience. It's like if I were going to Netflix, I don't want to like have difficulty watching a new episode of a show. Oh, right, right. You know, and it's almost like I feel that same way with games, like Elden Ring's a little different, you know, from soft games, some games that are like, the adds to that, like that's the kind of experience that you get really excited and happy that you beat something that's very difficult. That's exception to the rule, I think. But so many other games that are just like, I'm just a person in a jungle fighting soldiers, or I'm a monster who has to collect other monsters. And yet there's a difficulty slider, you know, like that's that's all I just have. I'm bringing
0: it up. Okay, I bring it up. I mean, I think difficulty options. I don't know. I don't know necessarily a slider, but I think, you know, option choices. I mean, does that apply also or were you focused specifically on sliders?
1: It's on anything. It's just like, you know, like if if you don't give us an option, I almost kind of like it better sometimes. Like I did play a game this week and I can't remember what it was, but it didn't have any. It was just like play the game you know right and if it's too hard then you kind of get better at it whatever you didn't i think it was ultras maybe but yeah i don't know i'm I'm kind of confused on it like i want to be happy to have the option but at the
0: same time i'm just so confused on what to pick right well i mean i guess it just i mean no you're not confused because you always choose usually the easiest option and full disclosure i mean i usually do too if there if there is a game that has no option whatsoever like you just got to take it as the developers intended, vanilla version, no choices. Then I'll play it if I like it. But oftentimes, that's sometimes what gets me to bounce from a game because difficulty is so arbitrary. Every single person is so different. Everybody is at a different stage in their life. Everybody is a different age. Everybody has different experiences. Everybody has different skills. You know, whether that's mental skills or fine motor skills or reflexes or whatever, you know, no one size fits all for basically fuck all anything. And so whenever I get into a game, I do not trust... That the developer is going to create an experience that is going to be accessible and not only accessible, but like comfortable and enjoyable for everyone. I mean, I see some developers who make the games very easy. They want everybody to play. That's fine. I meet some developers who obviously have a stick up their ass and they have something to prove. Their mom and dad were abusive to them when they're growing up and now they're taking it out on their audience or something like there's people who have like. way different ideas of like what's normal and like what level of effort they want people to put into their game Mm -hmm. and I mean frankly you know when I was younger when I was like 18 19 20 full of energy had plenty of spare time you know maybe I would be up for something that asked me to like really devote a lot of hours into practicing my craft and honing my reflexes and memorizing all this stuff but now I'm in a different phase of life dude like I'm getting I mean full disclosure I'm 48 right now so that's Three quarters of my way through my life. I only got a quarter left. That's kind of sad. And then, you know, I don't want to spend four hours trying to get, a, like, a, a counter timing down. Yeah. I don't want to spend four hours grinding a bunch of, like, low-level slime so that I can survive level two because the boss is too hard. Like, i I just not going to do that. And so, for me, at my stage of life and where I'm at, I want a, a fun experience. I want to see fantasy worlds. I want to see good writing. I want to see cool character moments. I want to see that kind of stuff. And I don't want to work that hard. But it, it depends, right? Because as soon as I say that, like if Darkest Dungeon 2 hits consoles and it's balls hard, I'll be like, oh, well, that's really interesting and I want to play that. And I probably will play it no matter how hard it is because I like their systems. I mean, it, it again comes down to the developer, but I just think having, having the option is better than having no option. And so yeah. people can always play the vanilla version if they want. All you got to do is push start. But there's a lot of people like me who don't want to grind or like, don't want to get our ass handed to us every 30 seconds. I mean, I think it's just about where you're at in life, right? It's so
1: true. But at the same time, it's, it's so weird because I guess that's why kind of the YouTube video it's like, it is weird because then what that, the, the experiences change, you know, like it totally changes. Like if you put something on and there, were, there are there actually sliders and you turn everything down and everything off and a good example, and I will just bring it up now for mm. foreshadowing, is Pacific Drive, which I'll talk uh-huh. about this this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you can turn off like d- dying.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, like you don't die. So that just changes the game,
0: sure. right? Because sure. now
1: you're not worried all the time, and that kind of anxious thing that they maybe wanted you to experience, you're not experiencing. So that's why it just it's interesting. It's like it's not like any other medium. Where, like, we talk about this all the time, books and sh- shows and movies, you've got options on how you, how to do it. It's more like, you
0: know, there is one vision and that's it. You'll experience it. So. Oh, sure. But I kind of take issue with that. Not what you just, I mean, kind of what you just said, but not you personally. But, like, you know, the vision, it's like people, like I just said, people's visions don't always match up with everything. And if, if you want to, like, experience some auteur's vision, then, yeah, just push start and you'll see what they wanted you to do. And maybe that'll be a good fit for you. Or maybe it won't be. Um, But it's like when you go to a Thai restaurant, man, like you go to a Thai restaurant, there's not just one level of stars. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, how spicy do you like it? Are you like a person from Thailand who wants five plus stars? Are you like a vanilla white guy? This is your first time eating Thai, so you should probably have no stars. I mean, (laughs) there's not there's not one right way to make the dish. I mean, a chef can make it in their home and like maybe in their own home. They're like, well, I'm a I'm a four star guy at home. Okay, cool. But that might not be the right level of stars for me. That means I'm just not going to eat your food, period. I mean, it's such a fine thing that really depends so much on what people want. And someone's predefined experience oftentimes is not a good experience for me. And so that just means I just don't experience it at all. And I guess the question then has to come down to, to a developer. Would you rather have somebody experience what you did in some altered way with options that you gave us, not like we forced you, you gave it to us, or not at all? And I think most of the time, uh, people will say, "Well, yeah, I want you to experience what I did. I did some great art. I did some great mechanics. I have some funny, funny bits in my story. I want you to, I want you to experience that. Cool." And if you're a developer who's like, "Nope, my way or the highway. Get the fuck out." If you can't hang with my difficulty, I mean, cool. Thank you for letting me know, and I'll just see myself out. So you know, yeah. I guess it depends on where the developer's coming from too.
1: Well, also the food uh, analogy is a little different because you know, in these kind of games, just like uh, shows and movies, there's like characters and story and plot and climax and. I don't know if you have all those kind of experiences when you're having Thai food. But
0: but the um, same concept of not one size fits all. And the person who is consuming the thing has to also have some input as to what kind of experience they want. Do you yeah. want to leave with a full tummy and feeling good? Or do you want to leave with fucking fiery, bloody ass diarrhea? I mean, it depends Jeez. on where to, you're at, right? There's no one right experience. Had to be descriptive about it. Okay.
1: Anyways. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here because I like having the option myself. And this week, as you'll yeah, you see, take advantage of it all the time. I picked all the time. Yeah. There's an interesting topic. Maybe it's a YouTube short now. Look at that. Um, get the get the diarrhea part in there. Oh, that's not that's out for sure. That's <laughs> out of there. It's out at high speed. No, stop it. Okay, next thing, which is actually related. Uh, Elden Ring. Speaking of Rumsoft and difficult games, the DLC <laughs> finally the trailer came out and a release date. What's it called? Shadows of the Erd Tree, is that Erd what it's tree yeah, and June okay. 16, I want to say June something. Cool. <laughs> so, you know, not till summer. We don't have to worry about it now. But they did say that it's definitely going to be less open world and mm-hmm. more kind of like focused areas that you're in. Mm, yeah, okay. yeah, I would imagine so. Old school Dark Souls almost in a way. Um, but all the bosses looked awesome. And I know that I will jump back in and be totally obsessed with it because Elden Ring was one of the first times I've ever been obsessed with a FromSoft game. And um, if you can use the same character, I'm guessing, hopefully. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... Yeah. I'm to go back and revisit that character. It's a badass
0: character I made. So I'm excited, actually. I'm kind of excited. I'm actually kind of not that excited either, though, because um, I have a pretty spotty history with uh, FromSoft DLCs. I think usually they come too late. Like, I'm usually playing the game. Pre-release, you know, okay. Am I an edge case, a special case? Yeah, yes. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an editor, I'm a reviewer. So I have an experience that is different for most people. You know, I usually play the games before they're out. I usually play the game before there's any FAQs, before any wikis and all that stuff. And so if you've never played a FromSoft game before Before the patches and before the wikis, let me assure you, it's a very different experience um, that most people have not had. So that aside, the reason I bring that up is because I'm usually one of the first people playing. Um, Not a humble brag, just a fact. But like uh, by the time I get done with the game, you know, a long period of time will go by before we get to the DLC. And I think we even talked about this in the show where it's like, I don't remember what my pro strats were when I was playing. I don't remember what my go to weapons were. I don't remember what my skills were. I probably won't even remember the buttons. And so most of the time when From Drops DLC, it's post-game level difficulty. Like, it's not going to be beginner level difficulty. So I'm going to have to go back to the game and be like, okay, so what weapons were I using? What techniques were I doing? What spells was I doing? How does this work again? And then and then to get my feet back under me and then go into something that's probably going to be end-game or post-game difficulty. Oh, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of yeah. not looking forward
1: to it. Well, you just brought up the point, again, back to our difficulty thing. That is right. First off, we always say this on the show, anytime you go back to a game, even a week later, yeah. you have to remember the controls. Um, I'm playing usually like five games at a time, so I'm always doing same, that. Same, same, so, um And then difficulty, I wonder, Elden
0: Ring didn't have no, any there's, slimes, no, right? there's no difficulty. Yeah, game. yeah.
1: So it is just going to have to go back to the game and just grind for a bit and get, be- you know, get back to I where mean, we were. I mean, that's that's
0: problematic though, right? Because when we were watching the trailer, my whole family got together to watch the trailer because we all played Elden Ring. My wife and I finished it. We played like 90% of it together, which was fun. My son played a little. He didn't finish, but he got, you know, 20, 30 hours into it. Um, and we were all like, okay, so which one of these bosses is the new millennia? Which one is, is it? This one, this red guy with the sword could be, oh, yeah. what about this other big animal? Oh, that could be the next millennia. Like who it is. And like, I don't know about you, but like by the time I did beat millennia, I mean, I had been playing the game for, I don't know what, a hundred hours, 150 hours. So 150 hours of practice under my belt to get me to the level where I could defeat millennia who is, you know, who's widely regarded as one of from sauce more difficult bosses, I think, um, so they're gonna up it, right? They're they're totally gonna to up it. They're gonna to try to up themselves because of you know, let me solo her and whatever, and all that's the all true. the videos that were made. They're gonna yeah. make like, oh, oh, you guys think you're good, huh? Well, we're gonna give you millennia times two, and then it's gonna be like you know, it'll be like my stopping point probably because I'm not gonna put that much time into it to get get those skills and reflexes back, right? Like that's that's a long time to put in to get that good, and now I'm, it's gonna be like oh well, I got to that boss, and it's like well, you know, whatever. I'll I just
1: know. I'll just say to that um, millennia, millennia, whatever you want to say, yeah, yeah. we're gonna. But she was optional. You didn't like
0: the the main storyline. I beat. You don't have to. You don't have to beat her. Yeah, she was like in an extra area and stuff. But still, like I mean, how good does it feel? And I mean by good, I mean not good. To like know that there's a boss who just like stomped on you. You know that doesn't feel good.
1: No, but um, my point is, if this uh, DLC comes out and it's mainline, it's like here's the main core thing you should do, and then try to beat it. I'll probably still try to do that, but if there's like eight optional bosses that are like super hard, I just won't yeah. fight them, you know.
0: So I mean, but that to me feels terrible. So I can't really? Oh, I that I'm doesn't fine sit with well that. with me. Yeah, I'm I can't, fine with I can't it. hang that.
1: Okay, anyways, that's a thing. Uh we just thought of bring it up because we we've definitely talked about Elden Ring on the yeah, show. A lot. Yep, yep, yep. And then I saw a trailer for Kingmakers and I'm all in. Um I didn't know what this was, but this developer made a game called Rogue Redemption, which I'm gonna talk about next episode because I'm playing it right now. And Kingmaker's trailer, it shows like, um, it's like Mountain Blade, like a bunch of warriors fighting each other.
0: Oh, that's right. I saw this. It was like a thousand medieval warriors on a battlefield or something, right?
1: Right. But that's the beginning. And then 20 seconds in, a guy drives into the mess with a truck, like a regular pickup truck. Well, I didn't and see he, that. Part. Yeah. And he plows through all the soldiers and he gets out and he's got a machine
0: gun. What? No, he, I better and, go back and watch that And you control trailer him.
1: Now. Okay. And I'm in love with this game already. And it comes out this year, I think, and um, and he's got all of a sudden it shows a bazooka and there's a helicopter that flies over, so it's like mixing the worlds together. Like man, I didn't see that
0: because I saw the PR email and I'm like, oh, it's another one. He's. Medieval political oh, feeling, geez. and I watched the first five seconds of the trailer. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Oh, they, man, they I man, why should you do that? Twenty seconds. Ended. You got to get to the good stuff quicker, people. Get to the good stuff quicker because I got I, so. I don't. Time. I'm
1: okay with them because basically they did what you said. They set you up for like what you thought,
0: and then they and then they usurped it, it or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyways, so they have made a few games, and one of them is Road Redemption, which is a bike combat game, which is over the top and ridiculous. So I just purchased that. I think it's $5 on Steam right now because it's older um, to kind of get their vibe, you know, because I can't get Kingmakers yet. Okay. But I am just telling everybody I can find uh, about it because it just seems funny and interesting. And the very end of the trailer, they show sci-fi. <laughs> so it's like,
0: all right. All right. Yeah, I dude. am The crow has been eaten. I'll go back and watch more of that trailer. It just like it just started off. I was like, whatever. Didn't, I know. not interested. And then I bounced. I know should have got to it quicker. Anyway, okay.
1: In closing, and I'm not going to go into the Xbox stuff. I was going to. I wrote it down, but we're, I'm over it. AAA, A, AA, Power World, Helldivers 2. It could be a whole discussion. I'm kind of over it for today. Um, indie Revolution might be coming. Who knows? AAA's in trouble. Blah. Uh, go watch our YouTube short. It's actually on that. But uh, Nintendo Partner Direct happened. And, yeah. you know,
0: you have a Switch. I do. It kind of... That Partner Direct kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't know it was coming until... After everybody had talked about it. Yeah, you told me about it. Other people told me about it. And it was, did it come at a weird time? Did it come at nighttime on Japan time? Or was it during the day?
1: I think it was during the day. But the fact is, I think they delayed it just day-wise because of Xbox. Yeah, um, I don't
0: know. It just, like, I, I was all of a sudden, like, my timeline was blowing up with Nintendo stuff. I'm like, what? What's going on? And then, I, you know, you told me about it. I had to, like, do some research and stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, tell us, Carlos, partner oh, direct. Oh, I don't, I thought you watched it. Oh no, I didn't watch. I didn't watch those Oh okay. never watch those things, dude.
1: I watched a little, but I don't I'm not here to report on it. I just wanted to see if you you saw anything from it. No, but, I don't watch any I
0: don't have time to watch anything like that. Uh, That's okay. ridiculous. No, no, no. The only thing, I, the, the only thing
1: uh-huh. I like is the fantasy life. A new fantasy life game's coming.
0: Oh yeah. We've known uh, about that, which is very
1: exciting to me. It's very exciting. I love that series. And it just made me think like, do I want a Switch now uh, or do I want Switch two? Just but, wait for the
0: new one. Just wait for the new one.
1: Cool. But news came out this week that some documents blah 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 leak that switch 2 is not going to come out to 2025
0: yeah i heard that I heard okay that.
1: so that means all year
0: i can't play switch if i wait and i mean you've been okay with that it this whole time i think you'll be fine just wait to get to the uh, new one because you're going to regret it if you don't that's you're going true. to get the you're going to get the old one and you're going to be like yes yeah, it's fine whatever and, and let's not forget, you're not really the world's biggest Switch fan either. So then you're, I'm
1: not, but I want to go back in. I mean, no, the I, minute Fantasy Life, the new one
0: comes, sure, I want that for so sure. bad. But. Just hang on to it. And then Switch 2 is going to drop. And then you're going to like, God damn it, I got the old Switch, and why didn't I wait for the new one? Brad, why didn't you make me wait? And I'll be like, dude, I tried.
1: No, uh, just just wait for
0: the right. new one. Just wait for the new one. We'll Seriously.
1: see. But, um, yeah, also they showed that new Mickey Mouse kind of remake, which seemed cool because that, that has fond memories of that when I played it back in the day.
0: That's the one – Um illusion
1: castle of illusion
0: specter was his name warren specter castle Disney? illusion
1: yeah i think that's it
0: yeah with the art like the the ink brush or the paintbrush yeah. mechanics and stuff yeah
1: yeah and then obviously obviously they mentioned all the xbox stuff so that's why i think xbox went first and then they went second right. so they mentioned the games like grounded and
0: was pentiment on that list i think pentiment was on the list which is a really weird one to bring the switch because it's going to be so small on that screen it is dude. Gonna be small yeah
1: I think that works re- pretty well on PlayStation, which it's already
0: on the PlayStation yeah, Store. Yeah, yeah, big screen. You need a big screen for that. Game. Uh, you and I already played it, though. We played it when it came out. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I, yeah. was, I didn't, I didn't get too far into it. I, it, I like the art. The art is awesome, but it didn't, it didn't click with me, honestly.
1: I don't. I didn't want to make about Xbox, but I will say that I still think um, Hi Fire Rush and Pentiment are, are weird choices for the beginning. Even Grounded and Sea of Thieves, I get it because they're live service games. But for those other two, like they say that those are the test ones what are they expecting are they expecting tons of gangbusters sales that's not going to happen no those games aren't like that like that's not 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 even
0: not even a good fit for the hardware honestly i mean pentiment is going to be really really small and hard to read sea of thieves i'm not really sure how it's going to handle that open world on a ship multiplayer at the same time handling four or five people servers that doesn't sound like a good fit for the current switch i mean maybe switch two but not this one so, I don't think they chose good games, honestly. I don't, like you said, I don't know what they're expecting.
1: I don't think, okay, and this is the last I might say of it for a while, but I don't think it's all smoke and mirrors and it's all doublespeak. A lot of doublespeak in that meeting that they did, their business update, which always sounds funny when you say it business update. Um, it's just smoke and mirrors. It's just calm down the Xbox fans because they're going to obviously do tons of games. So, I don't think it's a test, it's not a fucking test. They're just doing it. They're just going to open up all their sure, games. Sure. So it's not a test. And these are just like putting their toe in the water so that everybody doesn't get mad at them. I think that's all it is. It's the easiest, it's lowest hanging fruit. That's what they say. There and it's go. like, yeah, you know, live service makes sense. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, huge game. Everybody liked it or whatever. Well, not huge, but you know. So I think that's what it's not. They're not expecting anything. It's smoke and mirrors. And they're just doing it so that everybody doesn't freak out. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Nintendo Direct happened. There's a bunch of games. Well, um, I was going to
0: say, since we're on the topic, let's just hang out here for a second. Yeah. Uh, because they did drop a bunch of demos during that yes. uh, Direct. I didn't see it during the time, but I, I read about it afterwards and I tracked them all down. And also, they are in the Switch store. So just as a heads up to people, they kind of kind of buried it. Not really. But like when you do a search for a game, I it took me a minute to find out where all the demos were. But if you go to the Switch store, the eShop, and then you go to search for a game there's like an option that says filter by and you can click filter by games that have demos so you have to like look it's like one or two menus in it's not just like right on the the home page of the store which i think is kind of a bad idea Uh, but you can find that and then there's also actually a surprising amount of games in there with demos that you probably don't know about so um, not just the new ones but games that have been in there for a while and the demos are still there so just fyi in case you've never been to the demo section I know it's not easy to find, but it is there. You can find it. And then that's where you're going to find all of the most recent demos that just dropped during this Partner Direct. For example, yes, Unicorn Overlord that uh, you and I both tried.
1: Yep, that's in there. And uh, the one I told you to try
0: for this show, but I bet you didn't suika game yes i did i did i okay. tried that okay um we also have well let's talk about unicorn overlord first i got four demos to talk about really quickly unicorn overlord you were excited about this one and i'm looking at this game it's from vanillaware yes. so vanillaware they're the people who made dragon's crown which to me is one of the best beat-em-ups ever made right that's why i
1: like it by the way you asked me like why would you like it it's because of vanillaware's reputation of those kind of games but this
0: did you try the demo
1: though I did, and we'll talk about it. But you asked me originally before I even played the demo, yeah. why would you even like it? Because it's Vanillaware, that's all.
0: Are we talking about this now or are we talking about it later? Because I think we're talking about it now. We're talking about it now. Okay, so I guess, so Unicorn Overlord, it has the Vanillaware art. I mean, they're well known for their art. That's like their their number one thing people love them for, this wonderful, smoothly animated, hand-drawn art. Um, they used to be also known for like being way over the top with like TNA, which was fine with me because I'm a grown adult and I can self-select. But, you know, they've actually toned it down quite a bit uh, in recent uh, recent games. I don't know how much TNA is in Unicorn Overlord, uh, but not much in the demo, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a, a very unique system where it's a political story, uh, kingdoms, like all, you know, heirs and, you know, medieval kind of flavor to it. And then you get to the combat and it's kind of like you assemble a team and tweak their stats, but then it kind of auto runs. Yeah. Um, kind of like a turn-based tactics-ish sort of a thing. And I was as I was playing this demo, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of bored by the story because I'm just not one who gives a shit about like Game of Thrones political maneuvering and stuff. I just find it really tedious and boring. But the gameplay, the system was kind of interesting. But as I'm playing this, like the only thing I'm thinking of is like, Carlos is not going to like this game. <laughs> Why are you interested in this game, Carlos?
1: Well, I just, again, I told you, Vanilla Ware, I like the art. And I generally like the action stuff. And I knew it was strategy. And I thought it was, basically, I thought it was strategy. And then when you do the actual battles you would choose the options because that's what it feels like you know especially even from the trailers yeah but you and do you not do that you do not do anything so you literally just uh look at passives and different type of skills that each character has and you can change those around i don't know if you could if you knew you could do that but you oh can. yeah 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 and it basically is people are saying it's ogre battle and fire emblem and advance wars basically so it's that style of game and you so, don't like any of those games dude no no but again i'm telling you to answer your question for once and for all, I liked the art and I thought it was going to be more action oriented. That's why I thought I would like it, Yeah, but it is not. So it, it so I don't like it as much, um, yeah. but their overworld map, I will say is more interesting than just straight like fire emblem or something, because you do have side missions and you can go kind of wherever you want on the map. Yeah, and I, yeah. I liked that. So I was like, I'm going to go do the side quest. And then when I went over there, it took the action took place in that area. Which is kind of cool. Like the art looks like you know where you are. That kind of goes a long way with me. And then um, when you do it, you you can leave and then go somewhere else. So I like the open nature of it. But it did it did um, bore me the combat. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't want to do nothing.
0: I mean, I. It bored me, and I play a lot of turn-based tactics games. Like I think I'm way more in this bucket than you are, and I'm like, there's no way I was going to play this. There's no way. Well, I played but, it. <laughs> I mean, you did play it, but like, yeah. you're not going to like get into it and put pl- 80 hours into it or anything no, like that. No, like, I'm not. It was such a strange choice because the first time I did the battle, I'm like, what is going on? Like, Nothing's happening. I'm just watching it play out. That's a very, very interesting choice. Um, not even having any active time events or anything like that, where it's strictly just about stat management and then you hope you did good, and then you kind of you know, bump your guys into each other and let them auto battle out. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad idea. It's an interesting idea. It's a different idea, but it did leave me pretty cold and bored during the demo. I was like, huh, it's not very fun just to like watch this stuff and move them around on a board. So uh, we'll see. It's it's just a demo, so who knows? Maybe there's more to it. But uh, I don't know. I guess in this case, more TNA would have helped me out. I guess. <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah, because the visuals
0: are always awesome. I did like that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're king. VanillaWare's art is just king. Um, uh, Suika game that dropped that the one you mentioned. This is kind of the I don't want to call it a Tetris game. It's not quite a Tetris game because, I mean, fruit starts at the top of the screen and it falls down and you kind of like want to make similar fruit touch each other and then it morphs into other fruit. Like you drop a cherry, hit it with another cherry, it becomes like an orange, and then you touch another orange to it and it becomes like an apple. It's kind of like Tetris sort of or kind of like uh, Puyo Puyo maybe vaguely, just like the idea that stuff is dropping down, but it's fruit. A lot of people talking about this, Carlos. Uh, What got you playing it? Well, I wasn't playing it. I was watching people play it on
1: my work. So when I worked at Crown uh, with Twitch, okay, we, a lot of our shows we were having that game on because it's just so easy to kind of just chill with and have like streamers talk to each other while they're playing it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just watched it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is a whole world. Like people like there's a community behind this game that just like look at strats and stuff like that. So I was just fascinated with it and seeing so many people be really excited about such a, something so simple in its mechanics. So that'd be interesting for you to try it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. And I think it is pretty like the first time I played it I was like and so and right. then I put it down, but then like the next day I was like, oh, you know, I guess I could drop some fruit. Like <laughs> I guess some part of it must have connected me on a on a subconscious level. So I went back to it. I don't play it during the day, but like I think um for the last couple days or so, I've been playing it like right before bed, you know, I'm mm-hmm. always I'm always looking for a bedtime game and it's like the most chill no penalties like you're just dropping fruit maybe it matches up maybe it doesn't there's no time if you die it's just like oh no would you like to try again it's okay you know yeah. like they don't even they don't even like make you feel bad for losing or anything so i think in that respect it's definitely got some merit i'm definitely coming back to it like once or twice a night before bed so there, there you go. go it's a relaxing yeah. game yeah super relaxing uh, another demo that dropped was pepper grinder did you try this one no but i've seen it before and i know of it um you- drill through things yeah yeah it's coming from devolver which already made me sit up and pay attention a little bit you know we're big fans of devolver that every game they put out is not a huge win with us but i think we both definitely can agree that they try new things and we respect what they're doing oh yeah yeah for sure we're big fans of devolver so this is one um i love the pixel art style it's kind of like pleasantly chunky in a way uh and you are like this girl in an island you find a drill and basically it's got the mechanics of where you can hit guys with your drill but then you can jump into not every piece of dirt on the screen but like specific patches of dirt and then when your drill gets going it pulls you along so you're kind of like zooming through the dirt on your drill like you're almost like on a rocket or something and you can um, turn around you know like 360 degrees of movement and you got to try to like aim yourself so that when you jump out of the dirt you hit like the next patch of dirt usually you're jumping from dirt to dirt Sometimes there's dirt up above, sometimes below, sometimes you're avoiding enemies, or sometimes there's a big gap, and so you got to like time your your dirt jumps to like drill properly and get enough momentum going. Mm. Um, I watched videos of it, and I was like, eh, okay, whatever. But then once I actually played it, it actually feels way better in the hands than I thought, and I think that's actually the, the the main selling point is it feels very intuitive and it feels very good to move your person around in the drill, like way better than I thought it did, better than it looks anyway. And so once I started playing it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. This is this is way more fun than I expected. And I spent a lot of time, like, zooming around, getting all the gems in the dirt and looking for um, the best places to jump to look for hidden spots in the environment and stuff. So it ended up being a lot more fun than I expected. And I, I was going to say I'm not looking forward to it before the demo. And this is one of those rare demos that did its job. And now I am looking forward to it.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's sold. that
1: one that you have to play it to feel yeah. it if you, you dig it or not.
0: You definitely got to play it. There's something different about controlling it, just how smooth and, and intuitive it is. Um, the last demo I'm going to bring up was pocket card jockey ride on did you ever play pocket card jockey or j- pocket no. jockey card no pocket card jockey i don't I'm having know Many of the words you're saying it was on 3ds uh it was one of the big 3ds really? download games yeah it was huge on 3ds you ever
1: played it oh now i'm looking at it yeah i played it probably uh it's that little it's like the horses.
0: yeah yeah i'd be i'd be shocked if you didn't play it just i mean so many people were talking about it it was like one of the big mm-hmm. games when it dropped on 3ds basically it's a you, it's a horse racing game sort of it's kind of a strategy game sort of it's also a solitaire game sort of and so basically all those things are mixed together you play a jockey who wants to work up uh, in the ranks in the jockeying world and you get a horse the horses have different stats and there's like some I think there's horse breeding in it I, I think um, based on the, the previous game but basically you you get into a race and then you start the race by playing some solitaire how well you do in the solitaire de- uh, defines how well you do in the beginning. You get to the middle of the race, you do some more solitaire, that builds up your energy. If you can clear the whole board, you get a big boost. If you only get like half the board, you get like half a boost. And then you go to the home stretch. And there's some positioning strategy where you want to not bump the other horses. And then you, you know, got a time when to do your whip to give your horse a little extra boost. And then you uh, finish the race and then you get some rewards and kind of do the whole thing again. It's a very, very chill and relaxing. It's not action oriented at all. It's really about playing solitaire and managing stats and numbers and energy of your horse and stuff like that. Very cerebral. Hmm. And uh, I think this is probably another good one to do like before bed where it's not like, it's not going to get the adrenaline pumping, but there's enough to sink your teeth into and to think about that. It's enjoyed, enjoyable to play. And you might want to just like, you know, one or two races a night and kind of work your way through the ranks, you know?
1: Yeah. If you had a switch and I don't have one and I can't have one all year. That's fine.
0: It'll be fine. It'll still be there by the time that you get your switch, you'll be much happier when you get the, uh,
1: okay, you're going to not next let me one. get it. But by the way, um, and that sounds cool again it seems like an old school game kind of brought back um but what's that card game everyone's playing right now
0: and oh they, uh Bellatro or or oh, you Bellatro. got it
1: see this is why i asked you questions
0: yeah i'm going to actually talk about it in the, in the show in, in this just a show few moments really yes, i'm like, I'm like
1: yeah. ruining all the surprises no um, problem I'll, I'll hear a re- re- review but i think it's on every system right now
0: i think it's everywhere yeah everybody yeah, right yeah okay
1: I uh i have one more thing and then we can go
0: before you do that, oh. let me just give you a little surprise addition, which I wasn't planning on talking about. It's actually really stormy at my house right now. I don't know how it is at your house. Oh, Carlos.
1: yeah. It just it. it I was just going to mention that like my windows right now continually are like like, you know, coming in and out of the room because so they're like bending with the wind.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but it's sunny and it's that that's like a dangerous thing where it's like it's about to get dark.
0: It's really dark. I am further south than you are, and it's really dark and we've got like that windy sideways going rain right now and yeah. I just noticed my lights are flickering. Oh no. So, Let's hurry up. Let's hurry up then. I know. I'm just saying just if we all of a sudden disappear, you know that my power has gone out and we'll we'll circle back and finish. Well, the show this later. is
1: not a live show and yeah, you're telling me because then we'll just We like, gotta get we'll some suspense
0: for the listeners. Now they're gonna be wondering, Oh, oh, like, oh no, is Brad gonna disappear?
1: You and then know. I'll just stop the podcast there. You never. It could happen. So it anyway, okay. it is
0: stormy as fuck, and my lights are flickering. So we'll. Oh see. my goodness. Okay, it's coming my way, which is yes. interesting. Yes. So and by the
1: way, it is windy as hell here, though. Yeah. Same. Same. So okay, same. let me quickly tell you this before the lights go out. Go for it. Um, this is so exciting. I'm so excited for this. You remember when we watched? um we we, we played that game that was like a documentary about Atari.
0: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I know what you're the talking about. The collection or whatever. Excellent, yeah, it's excellent. Stuff. And it had
1: like video, and you know, it was like games, but also videos. Yes, the, a new one's coming out in two weeks, uh, called the Jeff Minter story. Oh yeah, I saw that. Oh wait, you don't like him or something? I don't like Jeff Minter. No, I don't. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know of Jeff Minter. I, I don't even know the name from what the games he made. But it's a, this idea of a, a collection of games with a documentary. Uh, and like videos about him. Well, now you don't even
0: care. I don't. Well, okay. I mean, that's Tempest. exciting. I like
1: I like that thing at yeah,
0: Tempest and um, Akka On or whatever Moose Aka Life. The Polybulus S- game, which was like everybody talked about. Super Llama or something like that. There's like Llama. He does llamas a lot. I think his game company's called LlamaSoft. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
1: it is LlamaSoft. Yeah. Well, anyways, I like those types of experiences, no matter what. Even if I never liked any of the games or whatever, I don't know if
0: the person's canceled, but. I'm to <laughs> no, mention it. No, I don't think they're. I no, <laughs> don't want to give you the impression they're canceled or anything. Just, I am just personally not a fan of Jeff Minter's game. I like Tempest. Tempest was great, arcade classic back in the '80s. But like, I think I've played every single game he's made since then, and I just do not like any of them. And he keeps making the same kind of game where it's like really like eye melting, weird psychedelic graphics and like really arcadey feel, but. They just have not connected with me. And I get a lot of PR about his games, and I'm just like, don't care, don't like him, whatever. Right. So wow. he's not canceled or anything. It's, it's just personal preference. Oh, also, Polybulus was like this huge thing about like, is this a government
1: uh, project to test psychoactive? Remember the whole thing?
0: Was it Was it actually really a game? I thought it was just Urban Legend.
1: Uh, Well, it's in there. I think it's in this documentary i I know
0: what you're talking about i never yeah yeah, i was just like i don't know
1: Anywho, that's a mention never mind let's get to the games because (laughs) we might lose some power (laughs) that is very
0: true all right folks that was housekeeping uh before we get to the main portion of the show gotta remind you all you can help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash the so video games podcast every little bit helps with the cost of hosting including upgrading equipment and picking up any games for the show if we're not able to get codes also if you chip in at the five dollar level or the five pound level you'll be invited to join us in our members only discord as we just got another subscriber at that level nice thank you very much a special heartfelt thanks to paul grillberger over in the uk and i only know that because uh the patreon email came in as a five pound uh, contribution, so thank you very much because you're actually giving more than five because the exchange rate is uh, is is a little lopsided. It's more favorable to the UK than the than the Americas right now. So thank you, Paul. Thank really, you. Really, really appreciate it so much. And you can look forward to getting a personal discord invite from me after this show is recording and in fact you probably already have it by the time you will be listening to these words but again thank you so much and thank you to all of our current patreon subscribers every little bit is greatly appreciated since the cost of friggin everything just keeps going up every goddamn month i don't know how that's sustainable but here we are so thanks to everybody chipping in and uh regardless of all that you can always rest assured that whether people contribute or not we're not going to ever paywall anything. I don't want to be that kind of show. So regardless of whether you pay, you're still going to get the same great show free of charge every week, nothing held back, because we love you. I'm, I'm
1: still thinking. I'm on the fence of that. I think I might paywall our show. I still might. <laughs> I might like, we're, not, just we're, we're not paywalling anything. Executive decision.
0: No, we're not paywalling. Every episode anything. is 99 cents. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Anyway. He's joking. All I'm right, joking. let's get on to the main portion of the show. We've got lots of stuff to talk about. Carlos, kicking it off with you here with Sheepy. Uh, I don't know anything about this. Never heard about it. Surprise me, as always. What's Sheepy all about? Well, for one thing, it's a free
1: game. And for another thing, because I watch all the YouTube videos, um, I get a lot of recommendations in games because I'll just be listening to something and they'll say something about a game. And that's how I found about this. Someone was just talking about indie games and then they're like, "Oh yeah, and about Sheepy, the one that game made by that person who makes music." And I was like, "What? I'm interested." So it's just a simple platformer, platformer for free. PC or mobile? Uh, PC. PC. That's on Steam right now for free. Free is awesome. Okay. It's like a heavily, like, super well made game. It's not like, um, I don't know. It's just like high production values. Think like Ori and the Blind Forest. It's like beautiful. Wow,
0: really? That nice, huh? Yeah,
1: it's really beautiful. And you play as a little sheep. It's a 2D game. And it's a short, uh, you know, they call it a handcrafted pixel art platformer um, about a little sheep who comes to life uh, in this kind of abandoned factory underground. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Sheep are already alive. So what is he if he's not already alive? sheep? Is he a dead sheep? Is well, he a robot sheep? Well, I think sheep?
1: in the beginning, you basically are dead. It just shows like a little... Uh, a bunch of things kind of, like, lying down on the ground. Is it a moving. No, it's just a little sheep, and he just happens to be, like, not awake. And you do, like, this energy, and you put the energy inside him, and he wakes up. So I don't know why. Weird. Okay. Anyways, as you go kind of explore this little factory and these weird different places down underground, you realize, you know, through story and cassettes and stuff, uh, cassettes of, like, actual audio, of, like, that this is, like, this weird place that people have been working and it's dangerous and there's like skeletons around and you're just exploring it. Um, but really what the, the draw is for me is the music's amazing because Mr. Suicide Sheep is the name of the developer slash creator and they make music. Like that's their main thing is to make really cool, weird, electronic, uh, and beautiful orchestral music. So this whole thing is like, put your headphones on and just vibe.
0: Right. Okay. All right. So
1: it's, yes, it's a 2d platformer. Yes. There's a couple of little bosses. Yes. There's like some things you need to do, uh, you know, platforming wise and not die. But a lot of it's like storytelling, which I'm always a big fan of, like, just give me an experience. Kind of like we said earlier, there's no difficulty. It's just like, I think this was the game actually I was thinking about where you just go in and like, you know, try to do this thing. And if you don't do it, just we'll reset you and do it again you know a la meat boy or something gotcha gotcha. Um, but it's it is just like the music's incredible and what's so cool and the the vibe is haunting and this weird underground area and then also like there's some landscape stuff but um there's a moment that's one of those like click moments that it's like for me the ending of braid and for me like other moments in games where you go Whoa, this experience is so crazy. I wasn't expecting this, and it's blowing me away. Um, so in this, and I'm gonna spoil it because I want people to play this game, you can, you know, you get new things like uh, new abilities, like you get a double jump and can grab onto things and stuff. But at some point you get a a run button, and it's just kind of like you do this kind of running start and then you run really fast. And when you run fast, you can like break through things, and it just feels good. But you have to do it on this like one level, where all of a sudden, as you take off, it does that thing where it zooms out so it can show like the, the whole map kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a moment, you know, like um, Oni or some of the other games we talked about. Um, I'm trying to think of all the good examples where it's a platformer and you kind of, it, sh- it pushes
0: out like Limbo even. Yeah, you just, you get a really, really wide view probably because they need you to see something that's coming is usually what happens.
1: Yeah, and this is what this is.
0: The music kicks in. It's like
1: perfectly, you know, faster now. And it just fits the whole vibe. And it's like this kind of freedom moment because now you can run really fast. And you have to keep running because you're I don't know, running from something. And there's these portals in the air that you can jump into and they warp you. And it's almost on the rhythm beat, you know, of the song. Oh, okay. That made you
0: think of um, that Rayman game that came out a while ago where it was like all the music oh, levels yeah. were like the best part of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It, it's just such a beautiful vibe and a moment. And I was like just happy, like smiling you know ear, like ear to ears in yeah. yeah uh it's just smiling at this experience i'm like oh my goodness this is so fun and it's like hard to lose you know like it's that kind of thing like just go to the right
0: they want you to feel it they're not trying to punish you and test your reflexes they yeah want you just to, to vibe with it you know? there's
1: other pla- like there's different like ways you can go and if you miss one you just go a different way you know but it just felt so good and then it went back to being quiet again and it's like okay now there's a creepy area now go this way and so I don't know, what a cool experience. Um it's so a short game and it's just really good. And there's a couple, you know, bosses and things you can die in, but you figure it out and I just want to tell people about it cuz so cool. I want more of these experiences which is like yeah, really good music, really cool little mini story and then it's over.
0: Huh, excellent. Sounds like a very uh very cool thing to get into and especially double cool cuz it's free. I mean, why you're losing literally nothing but Perhaps time, and if it's not a very long game, then that's not much of an investment. So yeah, take it, give it a shot. Why not take a chance? Oh, it,
1: why? Why they came to life? It's a plushie. That's what I just read in their description. It's a, it's oh, a sheep plushie. Oh, okay. And at some point, you find a, a bear plushie, and he is not nice. Got you. Okay. Uh, and he attacks you. So yeah, those little plushie dolls. And by the way, uh, they are selling the soundtrack for like eleven bucks, uh, which is super. It's worth that, I think, because it's a really good soundtrack. So Okay, excellent. There you go. Sheepy, check it out. Uh, Mr. Suicide Sheep is the YouTube and
0: also the developer uh, and maker of this game. There we go. Check it out. That's a check it out for sure. That's a check it out for sure. All right. Moving on. Let me talk about a new game that I uh, am playing for the show. Got sent a code from the publisher. Thank you very much. This is a weird one because apparently, I didn't realize this, but it's been out on the Switch... Uh, since two thousand twenty-two, uh, it never caught my attention. I don't think I've ever heard of it before. It must have just slipped past my radar. But they re-released it uh, on PC and Xbox. It just came out like literally, I think, one day ago. Uh, but I've had code for like about a week or two weeks. Uh, it's called Captain Velvet Meteor: The Jump Plus Dimensions. Have you ever heard what? of it? What? No. <laughs> it's a crazy I, name. It's a it's a bizarre name, and I. I watched the trailer for it. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. It looks like turn-based tactics, which is one of my favorite things to play. Uh, And it looked kind of different and interesting. And I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. What I didn't realize was the jump plus dimensions, I think are are a reference to uh, jump like uh, manga. Like I'm not Uh, super in the manga world. Yeah. I think maybe Shonen Jump is what they were referring to, which I didn't realize. I'm not uh, Mr. Anime slash manga, but I think once I got playing the game, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Now, I see what's happening. So it is uh, isometric turn-based tactics, uh, but a pretty interesting spin on it. Basically, the story is you're a kid who's living in France and you are, I mean, you must be at least partially Japanese. Uh, they don't really specify that, but you're living in France, you got to move and you're super bummed because you're leaving your school, you're leaving your friends, you're leaving your house, uh, but your family is going to go live with your grandma who's in Japan. And so you move and then the kid is just like, oh, I got no friends and I'm lonely and this sucks, and, Japan sucks, and I'm having a bad time. And so what he does is, like, he escapes into his imagination to kind of, you know, smooth that over. And in in his imagination, he is Captain Velvet Meteor. I'm not sure how he got that name, but that's the name. He comes up for himself. Uh, His best friend is a robot. And in real life, it's a Roomba, but it becomes, like, a robot in his imagination. So it's, like, his best friend. And they go on these adventures, and the people that he meets in his adventures are his favorite characters from the manga that he reads. But not the actual ones, or...? Because of well, copyright and stuff. No, these are actual, I mean, yeah, these are real ones because I looked them up because I didn't know, right? I'm like, I'm like the very first guy you meet is a guy from, oh, heck, I don't know. It's like, I forget. It's like a guy that turns into a big kaiju, like Kaiju 8 or something like that. It's a manga I wasn't familiar with. I wasn't familiar with almost any of these. So I looked them up and they're all actual like real world manga. Wow. So I wonder how they got that the right to do it. That's kind of cool. I mean, maybe because jump is in the name, maybe this is a co-production with Shonen Jump or something. I'm not sure. But basically, oh. so what happens is he all the all the people he meets in his dream world, which is the turn-based tactics area, in the real world, he's walking around the house. You can click on items, you know, put your shoes away, look at things, pet your dog. But then like when you imagine things, you go into turn-based tactics world, this alien planet. And you meet these characters from the book. And so the first one he meets is, like, this guy from, I think it's called, like, Kaiju 8 or something like that. And so he's like, who are you? Oh, you're the, you know, I know you. You're my friend. And then, like, they, they go on this little adventure. Um, and the next one is, like, this girl who's, like, a psychic or something. But she's also, like, in a swimsuit. I, I don't know what she's from. But anyway, if you if you know manga, you probably recognize, like, every single character in this game. I don't. And that's my my full disclosure is I don't know who these characters are. But still a really fun game. Uh, spoiler, I thought this game was pretty awesome, actually. Um... So once you get into the turn-based tactics, it's a really, really wild spin on turn-based tactics. It's hyper-streamlined, hyper-fast, hyper-focused. I don't know that I've ever played turn-based tactics as fast as it mm-hmm. goes in this game. Um, again, not real-time. You can take as much time as you wish. But like basically, it's all about positioning. So you, uh, Captain Velvet Meteor, and whatever your friend is in this particular level, the friends change on each level. Um, so it's you and one other person. You only ever have two people on your team. Uh, what happens is like these monsters will come towards you in these very small levels It's very small and contained and then you got to figure out the best way to approach them You can separate out and hit one monster or maybe two monsters like Captain Velvet Meter's got a gun and then your partner Usually has a different attack. The kaiju eight guy. He hits like three guys in a straight line Horizontally uh, the swimsuit girl. I think does a I don't know what she do. She does like a circle or something like that Anyway, your partners have different like attack shapes. The whole ground is separated into squares or grid And so you can see exactly where enemies are, where you're going to hit, all that stuff. Doing solo attacks has the highest attack value, but you can hit fewer people. If you do a side-by-side team attack, you can hit way more guys. You can hit, like, 30 guys at once. Mm. uh, But the attack power comes way down. So it's good at getting rid of mobs, but not good at fighting bosses. And then you have another third attack, which you earn by killing small guys, build up energy meter, and it's like a a front-and-back attack where one person in the front, one person in the back. And that gives you, like, both range and power both. So you've got small range, high power, wide range, low power, and then you've got one that kind of combines them both. And those that's all you have. That's it. There's nothing to equip. There's no stats. There's nothing. It's just that's what you have for every level. But it changes because your partner changes. So like your partner's ability and their um the area that they cover slightly changes. So that's where you get your variety. Each level is like an imaginary thing. So in the very first level um, they brought their dog from Paris, and the dog is in a bad way. He's very upset. He's, like, sick from the plane. He's in a new yard. He doesn't like the smells, and so he's crabby, and he uh, he growls a little bit. And so in your imagination, the boss of the level is, like, this giant dog kaiju monster that you're fighting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So you go through the level, and then you fight the monsters, and you're doing this really, really fast, like, position, position, and then you, like, really each level, each, each turn is, like, Which of the three attacks do I want? Do it. Which of the three attacks do I want? Do it. Do it. Do it. Just like going fast, going fast, going fast. And then you get to the end of the boss. It's like this giant dog. And he's like, woof, woof. And like, he's got like a weird like helmet on and he looks like a monster kind of, but he still looks like a dog. And you're kind of like, um, you know, doing uh, attacks in that area. So it's, it's really, really well put together. It's so fast. It's so streamlined. It's so slick um i really like how it plays a lot like it's so fun even though i'm totally lost on the anime references it doesn't matter because i think the mechanics are so solid and it's just is so easy to play and so so interesting and neat like it's one of the best examples i think of taking something that you like and like just absolutely just like stripping every fucking ounce of fat off of it like there's nothing in there but the absolute basic necessities of what you would need to make this game work and it just like it's like Quicksilver, man. It just like goes through and just plays so smooth and nice. It's really fun. I think it's really great. Yeah, the, um, You finish the levels, you go back to home, and then you go back to the real world, and you put around a little bit, You know, click on some drawings and talk to your mom, whatever. She gives you some chores, clean up the yard, put away your shoes, and then you go back to the fantasy world and then do more turn-based tactics. Um, it's really good. It's really fun. I think it's awesome. Um, I think if you know what the manga is, you're probably going to like it way more. But even though I don't know who the manga characters are, I think it's still super awesome. I think mechanically and design wise, it's tops. And I think it's just so fast and slick and neat. It's just really, really good time.
1: Dude, it's so cool. Um, I'm looking at all of the stuff we were talking on the Steam page. By the way, there's a demo for free right now. Nice. On Steam. Uh, The developers are actually playing it on Steam. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, in a live uh, stream or whatever. And then on top of that, um, it kind of reminds me of what's that game we played where there's like, it's an RPG, but it's it's like hand drawing stuff.
0: Oh, you're thinking of, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The, the one where it's like the kid who did the, the art book. Where yeah, he was yeah, drawing. yeah, yeah, but basically
1: I see these drawings. It looks like that. It's like this fantasy world that he's making up. Yeah. Um, he, by the way, has a French dad, Japanese mother. That's there, what you the combination there you go. There you go. Okay. And it just looks cool as hell, dude. Like, um, uh, foreshadowing, spoiler, uh, there's a turn-based game that I'm going to talk about on this show that I liked, and I've been liking them if they do things right. Uh, well... Again, it's it's each person is yeah, also is subjective. Subjective, but for me, there are certain things, and you've if you listen to the show enough, you know, uh, difficulty is not extreme. Playability is fun and quick. Like I'm looking, like you said, the speed yeah. at which you do the moves. In it's this, so fast, so you know. fast. All these things are checking my boxes because uh, turn based can be really fun for me if it's done in the way that I like it, and also the exploring kind of section to be able to have that and then go to the strategy after i like that combo
0: yeah it's a good balance you don't do too much of either one um and i think that uh uh it's it's just so well done like i think just everything about it is so neat and just um i really appreciate the different feel because i played a million turn-based tactics games and a lot of them are just kind of cookie cutter they do a lot of the same things over and over but this one is like way out in left field it does things so differently um, it doesn't feel like any other turn-based tactics game I've ever played. And I just think it's really neat. And also, like you said, the artwork is really fun because I forgot to mention this. But when you're talking to your your anime friends, it looks like a page out of the, the manga. Like they took the the art, the actual pencil art. And so when you're talking to them, you look like your own drawing. And then they look like a page out of a manga. So it's kind of like reinforcing that this is his... Imagination And like in his room, there's like a bunch of manga books. And so you can see what he's got in there and everything. It it all just comes together really well. It's like delightful and fun and really original and fresh. So I'm I'm loving it, dude. I think it's very, very good. Check it out. But also
1: the developers made Persephone, Persephone, Hmm, Uh, which was a game that I think I played. It was there's a demo out, too. And it's also a turn based game with colorful graphics and stuff. Um, Yeah. Anyways, check out Persephone.
0: And definitely check out Captain Velvet Meteor, the Jump Plus Dimensions. It's on PC and Xbox and Switch. I do not think it's on PlayStation. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> there we go. Check it out. All right. Uh, Carlos, Small Land. This one has been brewing for a long time. I've heard about this one for a long time. Mm. Gotten lots of PR about it. I've known it's coming for quite a while. Uh, and this is kind of squarely in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of bucket where you're a small person in a world where grass blades are like trees and the grasshoppers are like rhinos and they're all big and you're very small. I've been wanting to play one of these for a while and I thought it was going to be grounded over at Xbox, Xbox, but I was like, oh, I don't know if that's quite the right one I want to play. There's been a couple others, but none of them clicked. I thought maybe this one was going to do it. Um, so we'll get to that in a second, but I know you played probably a lot more of this than I did. You want to talk about small land for a minute?
1: Yeah. And also um, I also bounced from grounded. Um, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, and I don't. I think
0: it was because it was, was it more
1: multiplayer focused? They I bo- think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They both are. They both have that option, right? Uh, multiplayer and both. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when I was doing single player and, and grounded, I wasn't having fun. Um, and you know, spoiler, like we've been saying all episode, I had more fun with Small Land as, as a single player okay. game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think what's cool about it is. You know, if you if you've seen grounded, you know what it is. It's your little person, uh, you create your own character, uh,
0: create a server again. This is the part where we get to Oh man. Sliders. That's that was my biggest warning, dude. It was like yes. when you start the game, it's like create a server. I was like, oh no. I go. just want to play like a single player thing. But no. that being
1: said, I played, I don't know, a hundred hours of pal world. the pal world. Are you saying Pale? I'm saying pal world. And um, you know, I had to create a server for that. So it was the same kind of thing yeah, that to me is a big
0: red flag for me personally, though.
1: Well, I, I did jump around and try to find easiest things. You know, okay. I didn't make it super easy, but you can, um, slide things down. You I can, did, I, I wanted things to attack me. I didn't, didn't want to like not have a, just a friendly backyard. So there's definitely enemies, but I just kind of, yeah, did the sliders a little bit and just kind of jumped in and I immediately had more fun. Secondly, uh, yeah, what you do is a third-person game, running around a backyard. There's there's uh, insects. There's crafting. Um, there's you know the insects. You can be they can be friendly. They can be mean, and the mean ones you have to fight. Um, some of the fights I found this huge beetle, and it felt like Dark Souls for a minute because <laughs> I was dodging and I I had to guard and I had to you know roll dodge roll, which I like the dodge roll by the way in Small Land. Okay. Um, and so I was having a good fight like a good time fighting this huge beetle. And I was like, Oh, I never felt that good in grounded. Like this feels really fun to fight this huge beetle and then beat him and get all the resources. But yeah, you're a third person running around a backyard, all the stuff you would think is a backyard, you know, insects are monsters, but then there's the crafting element and you can craft kind of anywhere, which I liked as well. Cause a lot of these games you have to make a table you know
0: yes yes
1: and i like the fact that i could just make shit so that actually went a long way with me quality of life and the number one reason why i like this and i played it longer than you or longer than grounded is just the graphics the feel um i don't know again i don't think you got very far but no, um I, didn't. I was out going towards where they wanted me to go to the first mission to find this one person to talk to them and it takes you a while and there's a day night cycle and so it was getting dusk and i was fighting a huge you know, Beetle and I beat him and felt proud about myself. And then I got too dark to see and I had to light a little, you know, torch. And the graphics are really cool looking. I was had my little torch and I was under these like mushrooms that were all glowing. And then as I was walking in these glowing mushrooms, uh, fireflies showed up. And, you know, they're like little creatures, but they look huge because you're small. Sure. And it was a magical scene. It felt really cool. Like I was like, I'm in my backyard but I would never see this in real life. Um, it's super cool. Like there's glowing things. Uh, the, the, the fireflies seem, you know, just cooler. They're actually lighting my, lighting my path because <laughs> they're so big. And I just dug the vibe. And then when I got to the actual first guy in the main campaign, you know, you have some story things play out and you can build more stuff. But it was really just the exploration. Like I just picked a direction of this huge backyard and just went that way. And fought people if I had to or ran from things that I couldn't beat. Like there's a frog. It showed up a massive frog. And I was like, I'm not even messing with him. So, yeah, I kind of just dug it as a vibe. Like, I don't know what the story parts are. I mean, I didn't, fought, you know, go too far into that. I also must have hit the sliders right because I wasn't dying a ton, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to the, like, I guess I picked it good for me, but I don't well, know. There what...
0: you go. Customizing the experience.
1: Yeah. Um, so I kind of like it quite a bit. I don't know, you know, there's so many crafting games and I'm playing a lot of them and I'm playing a lot of pale world. So I don't know how much I want to do the crafting stuff. I'm a little fatigued with that, but I think in general with the sliders, um, I haven't had to worry about too much stuff and I've just been able to have a fun, like exploration journey. So that's why I recommend it because I think if you're just if you just turn the sliders down, make it super easy, or at least moderately easy, um, you're gonna have a fun time just exploring. I think. Uh, what do you think? I, I have a feeling you have no interest in this at all.
0: Yeah, I bounced on it pretty quickly. I I would not even say that I even really gave it a fair shake, honestly. So I don't really have a lot to weigh in on. But I did jump into it, you know. And I want I want to have that honey, I shrunk the kids experience. I want to run around. In the backyard, riding bees and fighting ants, and you know, all that kind of stuff, drinking uh, dew droplets off a blade of grass or whatever. But this is this is not it. Like, I I was hoping there would be more of a single player component. And, like you said, you can do a bunch of single player, but obviously, there's a lot in there meant to be multiplayer. All the hooks are there, all the structure is there. Starting well, the server was like, a, ugh, I don't want to do that. You can know, I put an thing. asterisk on that yeah, though? Go ahead. Because yeah. I did
1: play longer than you, I would sure. say that they're. It's heavily more focused on one player than any of these other games. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I like was building armor and talking to NPCs, and I mean, I could have just kept going for like a long time. There was no like in grounded. I felt like I was not having the right experience, Uh and I think that's important to be said. This one, no, I was playing a one-player game for a very long time,
0: which is good. I think that's a good thing ultimately. Um, But for me, like, you get hit in the face pretty quickly with like collect some resources, craft this thing. And then, you know, like, I, I for me, it just, like, it didn't hit the right, the tone for me. I, I'm not interested in crafting right now. I'm not interested in, like, building up anything. I wanted to just kind of have, like, a general adventure. So, I, I, I'm not slamming this game at all. I just think this is not the right game for me at this time, and I didn't really play that much. So, I don't really even have any criticism of it or anything. It's just, like, I very quickly realized, okay, this is not what I'm looking for, and yeah. I just bounced, so...
1: I wonder if the, if either of us have ever played one that is that experience of Honey, I Shrink the Kids that we liked. Because it's
0: not coming to mind if there was one.
1: Because they've been doing it for a while. Um, and I will say to, to leave this mini preview, for me, that's this this game.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's it definitely seems more geared towards that experience, but it just didn't make the mark for me. And again, that's just me. It's not the game. But if anybody listening has any suggestions as to, where I could get that experience, a really just f- solidly focused one player, you are a small person in a big world and that doesn't have too much crafting, yeah. doesn't have too much like multiplayer stuff. Let me know. Is there something out there that I should check out? I don't. I honestly don't know. So please let me know if you know.
1: Well, that's it. And th- this is the, the the bow on top, which is, or add cherry on top, is it is that kind of like just one player game with no crafting where you're small in a huge world. Like that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would yeah. be great. So there we go.
0: All right, let me talk for a minute about... I don't even know how to pronounce it. Balatro or Balatro? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. They don't I know, give but the any... whole
1: internet is talking about it.
0: Yes, they are. And it's 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 well-deserved, I think. Okay. This is, this is one of those games... Just I'll just say it up front. This is one of those games that I do not like, but I actually respect and admire, if that Wait. makes any sense. You do
1: not like, but here's the other yeah. thing. Are you still playing it?
0: I am not still playing it. Oh, okay. okay. Um. So... What What is it? It's, it's kind of hard to even describe what it is. Basically, it is a roguelike game, but you play poker. Um, there's no like world or characters or anything. You just get these hands of poker. Um, and so to start with, I think the tutorial is not great. There's a lot of stuff going on on the screen all the time. A lot of little menus and little items and lots of stuff. And I don't think it's really super well explained. Um, also, if you're not super familiar with poker terms or you don't know the game of poker... Right off the bat, you're already at kind of a disadvantage because mm. they're talking about terms and just the basic gameplay. If you don't know poker, is like, I don't, I need more of a, an explainer on this. I don't know what's going on. Right, it's not like a fancified version of <clears throat> poker. It's like poker, poker. Then it no sort of sort okay. of. You have to know like the ranks of hands, like what beats what, how to make a good hand. You have to know like some basic fundamental poker strategies and if you i mean i guess you can get through it without but you'll help you'll have a better experience if you have even played poker in real life or if you know a little bit about poker but it's not it's not just that so like basically you get dealt out a bunch of cards like seven or eight cards i don't know how many it is and then you got to make the best hand possible out of what you have and then if you have nothing that you can make you have a limited number of redraws which means you can choose one of the cards from your hand throw it away and then choose a new card hopefully you'll make a better hand that you want. So for example, you know, if you've got like ace, king, queen, jack, nine, but you really need a 10 to get, to get a straight, which is a pretty good hand, you can throw away like one of, you can throw away the nine and hopefully you'll get a 10. Or if you're trying to get like, if you've got uh pair of twos and you want to have three twos, you can throw away a couple cards and try to get another two and get a, you know, get a better hand. But there's very limited redraws. So you can't just, you can't just like cycle through your deck until you find something good. I think when I was playing, I think I had a total of like four redraws, maybe five total if I got a certain upgrade. Mm. So you got to be pretty judicious about that. So part of the game is making the best hand possible. But also part of the game is strategic on many levels where it's like if I get a crap hand this time. But if I keep these certain cards, I'm hoping that the next hand I will have enough of the good cards left over and draw enough of new cards that I'll be able to make a much better hand the second time through. So you're kind of like... You're making the best of what you've got, but you're also kind of keeping one eye towards the future a little bit as well. Um, So that's like another poker strategy, too, you can think about. Um, In addition to that, there's the roguelike stuff, where there's a bunch of unlocks of various kinds. There's like these card packs you can buy that will alter things. Um, You can power up certain cards to be like, oh, all heart cards have double the point value. Or um, you can change hearts to spades or something like that. You also get these jokers, which give you um, kind of power-ups. The point of each hand is you need to clear a certain number of points in order to move on. So, like, in the very first hand, clear 300 points. And you can, you know, if you get a really good hand right off the bat, you'll clear it no problem. But it goes up and up and up and up the further you go. So, you've got to keep making better and better and better hands. So, like, maybe in the first hand you need to get 300. Then it goes 400. Then it goes 500. And then by the time you've made a couple rounds, it's like, oh, you got to clear, like, 1,500. Which means you've got to have, like, really good hands all the time. But this is helped by these jokers because they will give you, like... Multipliers so they'll say for example if you draw a joker it'll be like oh if you get Two pair I will give you five times their value So like having the jokers is really crucial in order to boost your score because otherwise Just getting straight point values from the cards themselves is pretty tough you're not going to make it too far So you really have to leverage like the ancillary systems like the poker system the joker system and these other cards that are like Planets or constellations or something like there's there's a there's a bunch of moving parts to this game um, but basically it's just like a poker roguelike where you're just playing hands over and over. You don't have to remember any story, you don't have to remember what you're doing, it's all about like what you're doing in the moment. And you just like, you know, just kind of keep going, keep going, unlock and just just do that. So if you like card games and you like that kind of idea of having like a a poker game, but a little bit more to it, a little spicier than your average poker game, I think it's really good. And so what I mean by saying that I respect it and admire it, but I don't like it, is that I think the systems are pretty genius. Like the way that the the parts all interact together, the systems, the way the card point values go, the the strategy in the moment versus strategy for the future, the way you leverage the different combos. Um, I think it all works together like really really well. It's very clever. It must have been, it must have been a bitch to design. Like and, and to get all these things working together in the way that it does. It's mm-hmm. a very finely crafted piece of software. Like I totally respect it, and I can see the quality that has gone into it. So I don't really have any complaints about it, other than. I don't think they do a very good job of explaining the systems very well. And I I think that if you don't know poker, you're a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, There's a lot of weird things in this game. A lot of terms, a lot of weird things that just like are not too intuitive. So you got to kind of stumble through it. The tutorial could be better. But other than that, I mean, I think it all just really works very, very well and is very smart and put together. The reason I say I don't like it is just I just it just doesn't really tweak my knobs that much to play poker oh yeah and so I'm just like I love what you're doing I think it's such a brilliant idea but it's just not enough to keep me going I like you know I like fantasy I like characters I like story I like adventure and monsters and or sci-fi and laser guns or something and this doesn't have any of that it's just poker so if you're like a person who loves poker or card games or if you just like the systems if you're a very systems focused person and you don't need that extra stuff I mean this you're gonna love it it's a, a pretty genius piece of, piece of software um, and I, I literally, again, don't have any complaints about it. It's just not my flavor where i just not that excited about playing poker. Yeah, it's like, hey,
1: you asked someone to review checkers. Well, yeah, I guess it works, um, <laughs> but I don't want to play checkers. Yeah, I think I would, I'm so out. Yeah, I don't want this. Um, I do like when they mix card games with, like you said, fantasy or some sort of different tactic around a story or, I don't know, anything. We've seen it many times. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, So this seems like poker, and I don't want to play that, so. Yeah. Uh, But a ton of people do like just gambling games in general, so I'm sure that's why it's so popular.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I would imagine. I, I don't
1: want to play more poker. Thank you.
0: Yeah, but again, it's a really fine piece of software. If anything I've said sounds even remotely interesting, you should check it out. I think it's great. Yeah, uh, my 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 respect is to it for sure. Again, just not my personal flavor. So, all right, there you go. That is, I don't know, Balatro. Balatro. Not sure how to pronounce it, Balotro. but there you go. Uh, and that's on everything. I, I believe it's on literally everything right now. Um, Carlos, King Arthur. A Knight's Tale. I don't know anything about this. We had the code sitting around. You wanted to give it a shot. Yeah. To me, it's kind of like surprise grab bag. So I guess, what did you get?
1: Well, I knew of it for a while because I think it was going to come out, uh, or it came on Steam, I think, before, like, like always. And I don't know. It was on my radar because it was that, uh, kind of to my point, taking a, a common thing, which is King Arthur and the Knights, uh, the round table, you know, Camelot, all that stuff, and then tweaking it and making a different kind of story out of it. So I love when the, you know you take something and then kind of change it a bit. So I remember liking the concept, which by the way, what is the concept? Um, it's a strategy game for one thing, a turn-based strategy game, but it, the idea is you're this um, knight who killed King Arthur because King Arthur was like weird and kind of different and bad. And then he killed you too and you both died. But then you both came back to life, so that's the beginning of the episode or the typical, whole thing.
0: Typical story, sure. yeah, yeah.
1: But it's all kind of kind of like a dark take on King Arthur, you know, with monsters and zombies and and again undead because you are an undead hero. And I put "hero" in quotes because you can make choices in this game too. So it's definitely focused on a single player storyline, and you know you are making choices, good or bad, some gray. And you're basically, you know, this this knight brought back to life to go back and kill King Arthur, even though you already killed him, because he's also kind of bad. And so you you can kind of take this path of being good, in quotes, and righteous as like trying to like redeem yourself, or you can just be more evil in, in this huge mission to stop King Arthur.
0: So what kind of what kind of um, gameplay are we talking about here? It sounds like you're describing something pretty choice heavy, but like, what does it actually play out like?
1: Well, it's a mixture of choice heavy with turn based tactical
0: combat. Oh, so really? It, okay. Yeah,
1: it is that kind of style that we just talked about with um, what's the game? Camp, Meteor Captain or whatever?
0: Oh yeah, Captain Velvet Meteor. Captain
1: Velvet Meteor. It's that same style where you know three quarters view, XComy, you know, you're making choices, turn based, but it's a mixture of two things. So. When you start out, you have a huge map and the map you can select things on, uh, meaning like when you get to Camelot, that's your base and it's just a bunch of menus. So you kind of go into menus and you kind of assign different people to different parts of the kind of home base and you can do upgrades in there. It's very menu heavy, but then when you get to a, a mission, let's say a side mission or a main campaign mission, you pick that place on the map over world map. You go to it, then it turns into that kind of third-person or uh, was it called three-quarters view perspective? Okay. You're walking around with your party, but you're walking around in real time. So it reminds me of that Captain Meteor game.
0: Oh, interesting. You're literally
1: walking around like a RPG land, and you know, the recently I just did one where there were zombies that took over a town side mission. So I go in and I have like my three or four party members, and You meet them in the story, by the way, you kind of meet people who can join you and you're, you know, you've outfitted them, et cetera. And you're in there walking around, finding treasure chests, kind of just exploring, talking to people. And then at some point you'll find combat and it'll go into, okay, pause, line up your party. And then turn based, tactics. turn based tactics. Interesting. Okay. That's
0: funny because I had literally no idea at all. That's what this game was. But now that you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, this sounds like something. I should probably check out.
1: It's real good, man. I mean, out of all the different things I've played this week, and I've been pretty much on a down. <laughs>
0: uh, wait, why is that funny? That that kind of describes our life for this podcast, right? As we play so many good things, you're like, out of all the things I've played, and I'm waiting for this month, this year. You're like, this week, and I'm like, yeah, we play a lot of games for this oh, podcast. It's true. Like, yeah, you know, for this week, you could have played 20 games, dude, and this is the best of this week, which is it real? It's saying yeah. something. We yeah. play a lot for we play a lot um, for the show.
1: It's also the one I'm going to play later tonight. So it's like, that's, oh, that says man. a lot. Okay. So basically, yeah, I like the, it's like, uh, it reminds me of King's Bounty and a couple other games where it mixes that you can walk around a little bit, do some stuff, actually find treasure, and then, you know, talk to people, and then you can actually go into com- you know combat, and it will pause, and, and you'll do that. Also, there's sliders. So going back to the uh, uh, difficulty sliders, I made it not super hard. Right? I didn't make it super easy, but I kind of messed with it. You know, I was like, give me some of this experience. Make it, you know, challenging. But also, I'm a knight that's back from the dead. I should be pretty strong. You would by think the, so. You would hope so. By the way, this is my asterisk. You would think so. My asterisk is when it comes to difficulty sliders, lots of times for me, I just do, what is the story? Right? Like, what would this really be like? Am I going to, like, the the knight who's back from the dead die to, like, two zombies? No. Okay. No. So, you know, hard difficulty or super normal, maybe even normal doesn't work for me. Like I'm like, no, I'm a strong knight. I came back from the dead. So I kind of made it a little bit easier, but, but that's keeping me playing it. You know what I mean? It's
0: keeping me playing it. And that's totally fine. Like, you know, I don't think you even need to even explain it. I mean, I get your rationale, but it's like. I think just as the old ass gamers that we are, we've come through a lot in terms of like generational perspectives, opinions, thoughts on what games are and should be, and we're kind of from the time when it's like, oh, if you're playing uneasy, that means you're some kind of weakling or you're you're not good enough. And I, you know, I've I do not believe that at all. I think again, like we said at the beginning of the show, it's about where you're at, what your skill level is at, what your life is like, what you want out of a game. It's not about proving yourself uh, or oh you know, yeah, you know. So it's like like you're kind of saying like if you want to have that good experience, you want to be the Undead Knight steamrolling through stuff, I say go for it. Fucking who cares? Like just have fun with it and whatever is fun. But if you're like the players, like, no, I want to fight for every inch of territory. I want to scramble. Okay, if you want to do that, then go for that too. Like jack everything up for yourself. But again, it comes down to like, like what do you want to do? It kind of reminds me of when we're talking about Spider-Man, right? Um, kind of getting back to your story element where it's like you're Spider-Man. You're fucking super tough. Like, you're really strong and smart. You should be able to kick ass on most people right. that you meet. Yeah. You shouldn't have to struggle so hard on goons. And so in a Spider-Man game, I would be like, easiest fucking difficulty because I'm fucking Spider-Man. I well, that's like- what I'm saying. That's yeah, all exactly. I'm saying. You know, yeah. it,
1: it does kind of have story relevance to me. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah, I, I'm I agree. An, an undead knight. It was at this epic beginning where I killed King Arthur and he killed me. I just, it felt like I should be pretty strong. So anyways, that, not, that being said, you still have to have strategy. Like recently I did one where, you know, there's things in the landscape that you can like uh, cause damage to and then explosions oh, okay. happen or something. Mm-hmm. So this one huge battle that should have been bigger and it wasn't because I had an easy mode. It was just, it was a difficult thing, but there was all these kind of like canisters around. I exploded them all with my archer. They all created this dark energy field and then I just hung out and I waited for them to come to me. And all of them had to walk into the dark energy and get hurt. Oh, nice. So the environmental effects, environmental effects is what I was trying to say. It is, it's also pretty cool looking like graphic wise and it's just smart and interesting. And it does different things. Like normally I wouldn't like this, but when I talked about those menus, when you look at the overworld map, if you're going back to like your home base again, Camelot, like you can assign some of your characters like places in those areas. So like there's a blacksmith and you go sign one of the characters to that and that gives you a bonus or something. So I don't think I've done that in games much where you take the characters you have and actually, hey, you go hang out in the home base when we're not doing battle and that gives you a bonus or something.
0: Oh yeah, some some games, not every game does that, but that's something that every once in a while you'll come across,
1: yeah. Yeah, sure. I think it's rare. Um, the other thing that I like that is difficult and I don't normally I wouldn't like it, but again, it adds to the realism is that there's armor and health and, you know, if you get your health down, there's, like, bonfire-type things, campfires. <clears throat> you can get healed during the, the actual map that you're on. There's a few of them. Uh, or, or you can report, repair your armor because that's a separate stat. But when you get back home, you can heal up. But if you got hurt too much in the battle, your vitality goes down. And so you have to go to hospice. Oh, yeah. You you know, which you've built, and then that'll up, that'll like heal you for real. But you can like die, die by being hurt too much in a battle. Has that happened in games for you before? Yeah,
0: certain games do that. In fact, a game that I'm playing right now that I cannot talk about until next week has almost the exact same system where you've got these characters, and, you know, they can take a little bit damage, but if they get seriously hurt, then they need to go back to like the hospital or they need to rest up before they can come back. And if you, if you, Keep putting them back in uh, in combat. They'll die for sure, you know, for real all the way. If you yeah, I kind of them. like it yeah. a little bit. You know, I
1: like some stakes in that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I didn't even mention that each character has, like, skills. So, like, you know, when you're on the battlefield, instead of just attacking or, you know, sh- being an archer and shooting, you can you do your skill, right? Like, every, everybody has different skills, slow and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Everything they do just feels good. I have the sliders, I don't know, set to perfect because... It's still difficulty and challenging at times, but- <laughs> Set to perfect,
0: it's pretty funny. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna call that the name of the
1: show. Set to perfect, perfect. That's pretty good. And then, um, and I wanna keep playing because I do like the story bits and even like the little zombie story that was a side mission. I found out that one of the characters in the map, they, you know, they were saying what they did, I won't spoil it, but um, I didn't believe them, but they joined my party. And then like we fought throughout the whole map and beat the ending. And then I felt bad that we were with that person because that person was an asshole, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, weird." It made me feel something in a side mission. I'm telling you, this is way this is not a surprise for me.
0: Oh, excellent, um, excellent. Okay. Yeah. So
1: King Arthur Knight's Tale, like a lot of what they're doing, I'm still playing it, and I do like that it's kind of a slow burn. I don't think I want to rush through this. It just feels like a fun uh, experience to have, uh, and it definitely like gets my mind just kind of like set on it for a while. So
0: excellent wow you know this is a surprise dude because honestly like real talk okay real talk we got a code for this a while ago and i pitched it to the team in case anybody doesn't know like as i said at the beginning of the show i run gamecritics.com i'm the editor there been there for 20 plus years and so we'll get these codes and i'll send them out to the team right now we've got about maybe 25 different people writing for us and so i'll be like hey we just got king arthur who wants to cover it and it's like fucking crickets like nobody wants to cover it I stick it in the backlog, you know. And every every couple days or something, I'm like, "Hey, we still got this. anybody wanna anybody want to try this?" And like nobody, 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 nobody. Um, and it was getting close to the end of its shelf life, where I was going to just say, "Sorry, PR person, we can't cover it because no one's interested." And then yeah. you took it out of the blue, and now that you're playing it, you're like, "I might actually got to go and buy it after this because I'm like, man, that sounds great. I want to go play that right now." You totally sold me on this. Wow! So it it just goes to show, like you never know, right? You never know.
1: Well, and also it's expectations because you have you hear the word King Arthur, and you're yeah. like, I don't know, I'm out, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, if you're I don't want to do another... of that stuff, yeah. right? But it's not that you're an undead warrior that came back to life and killed King Arthur, and then he killed you, and then you got to fight each other again later. See,
0: I am I have to wonder if branding is what let this game down, right? Because I what you're describing sounds amazing. What it's... if they were like zombie zombie King Arthur or yes. undead King Arthur, I'd be like, oh, wait, just let me called check it Just call zombie it out. King Arthur, actually. Something like that. Are would you have, kidding me? Yeah, it would have got me more attention because I'm kind of, I'm you know, like I said earlier, I'm kind of played out on the whole medieval uh, political power, fighting for, you know, kingdom, and I'm kind of over that a little bit. But if it, you throw zombies in there, I'm back in, maybe. So. Dude,
1: just like Kingmakers, you thought you knew what that was.
0: Exactly. You I mean, flipped the script. You got to get to the good shit, right? If, you, if it was like uh knights with guns or, or no no that's already a game <laughs> if it was firepower knights or you know i don't know something pokemon that, with guns pokemon with guns uh do, are you saying pale no i said pokemon oh you gotta you gotta sell a little harder you gotta some people are like me you're not gonna get past the title if it's boring you gotta really pay them pr folks to do their job and get a good snazzy title on that but regardless you've sold me carlos i'm very excited about this now and i'm it gonna literally be download it as soon as I get upstairs. after You this. should. I'm glad you, you sold gonna, me it's a win because, Carlos
1: wins because for anything, you know, you're XCOM guy, you're a turn-based strategy. guy, yeah. yeah. And just everything about the way they do things feels like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it does. You don't want to leave. You want to keep just doing another level. Here's the other thing I'll say. And this is my closing thought is that these kind of games, you know, I'm always looking for the one that I'm going to finally get into because mm-hmm. a lot of them, I just nope out of immediately. So this is it. Like, I feel like out of all the ones I've kind of played, enough things are being checked box wise that i'm wow yeah
0: I'm that's like, so funny because cool. you you picked this game up on a lark dude like it was just but like no, no but i knew about it that's why i mean you did but it just you know it just so happened i mean that it, it was been sitting around for a while yeah i picked up the code you, know, on a lark. you yeah. picked up the code but i mean you know it had been sitting there for a while and like no one had picked it up and like you know it wasn't on your radar of that particular day you're just like what do we got and like well this is what we got and you chose it but like You know, it wasn't like you were after this one with a vengeance or anything. No, no, I just
1: remembered it. I remember seeing like the key art or something. Anywho, there it is. Check it out for sure. And I'm going to play it tonight. So funny how things happen like that.
0: All right. King Arthur, A Knight's Tale. I'm going to download it as soon as I get upstairs. Next one I'm talking about here is called Sanabi, S-A-N-A-B-I, playing it on the Switch. I think it's also on PC, and I did receive a code from the publisher, so thank you very much. We did get a code for King Arthur, as I said that clearly, by the way. Um, Sanabi is really interesting, and I'm honestly surprised I have not heard literally anyone talking about it at all. Like, not not even one person have I heard talking about Sanabi, and I'm in the circles where I would hear people talking about this if they're talking. So, what is it? It is a 2D kind of a platformer but it's basically a grappling hook game and you know me carlos i am sucker for grappling hooks when i saw the trailer for this and i saw how much grappling there was i'm like oh i'm in i love grappling hook games i'm in i want to play this um it sounded like kind of a weird future i don't know post-apocalyptic or dystopian future or something you play it like as a super soldier guy you know kind of like Bionic commando a little bit Mm -hmm. where one of your arms is like this giant hulking fucking mechanical scary looking claw thing and the rest of your body's like normal you got like a coat and a hat and stuff so you're just like a guy um and you uh go on these missions to do stuff so let me set this up a little bit mechanically you are swinging around and I gotta say this is one of the best grappling hooks I think I've ever played in my life not just this week um it feels super fast it feels it almost like your brain waves are doing it for you and I don't mean your brain is sending signals to your hand I mean it's almost like, it's like your brain is telling the game what to do and it just picks it up and the guy just kind of does it. It It's so slick. Like the, the grappling, it's so, so thoughtful because the mechanics of grappling is like you, you hold the trigger, your hook goes out. As long as you hold the trigger, the hook will stay uh, and it's really clear to see which surfaces you can grab and which ones you can't. There's also, uh, you can adjust a very healthy amount of aim assistance. So you don't need to be pixel perfect when you're shooting your hook out. Um, You can give yourself, I think, plus 30% or something, which is really generous. So even if you're kind of just pointing roughly in the right direction, the guy will autofocus on the thing that you want him to grapple on. And it works, like it works really well. Um, The other good thing about this mechanically is that You can just use the buttons and grapple at real-time light speed. I mean, it's fast as fuck. It's really fast. Mm. Um, But if you need more time or if you want to be more judicious about what you're doing, if you aim with the... I want to say it's the right stick. The whole game goes into slow-mo. And you have no limit to the slow-mo. It's just as slow-mo as long as you want. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so you can, like, tilt that stick and you can swing your hook around wherever you want. And you can be like, very, am I going to grab this barrel? Am I going to grab this machine? Am I going to grab the wall? Like, whatever you want. And it takes as... I mean, you're still moving, so it's not stopped, but it's like really, really, really slow motion, and there's no limit. So you can do as much as you want, as often as you want, so you can be very specific. And then you're like zipping around these levels, you can wall climb, you can wall jump, you're extremely mobile, you've got lots of options. And then when you attack people, you have to hit them with your claw. So like regular goons, like soldiers and stuff, you can just like point your claw towards them, you grab them, zip towards them, you kick them, or you, you kill them. But then there's obviously the, uh, some other guys who are like, they have shields in front. So you got to like whip around behind them and get them from the back. Or there's like machine guns that are like popped up from the ceiling. So you got to get up there and get those guys or whatever. So it's all super mechanically really, really, really well done. It just, it flows so fast. And once you get in the groove, it's just like the levels are like whipping by. Like you're just like mm-hmm. flying through the thing. It feels so good and so amazing. And the graphics are really well done. I So I will say, um, you want to play this, I'm playing on the Switch. You want to play this on a TV. Uh, it's a little small on the handheld mode. Text is microscopic in the handheld mode. And the action is just so fast and furious. And your character is so small because you're seeing so much real estate on the screen because you got to be able to figure out where you want to zip to. Um, it's best played in dock mode. I, it's It's kind of difficult to play in handheld mode. I mean, you can do it. It's better than not playing it. But I think uh, just heads up, you want to play docked. It's just better that way. Yeah, there's um, a lot of like little graphics, it seems. Yeah, like. there's a lot of little stuff, a lot of little details. The graphics are not large, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I'm playing on like a 60 inch TV and I feel like it's it's just right. Mm-mm. So if you're playing on less than a 60 inch TV, it might be a little small. So just heads or up. or your computer
1: than. monitor, because it's huge on Steam right now. It's overwhelmingly positive, I
0: think. Oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I agree. My, my take on this is overwhelmingly positive. Um, so that's the mechanical part. I think it's fucking brilliant. If you like, uh, you know, grappling on games, this is near the top. I mean, it's gotta be like, it's up there with like all your buying commandos and, and whatever else you're using for grappling hooks. Um, so that's good. That's all good. I will say also something unusual about this game is they spend a lot of time on story, which really caught me by surprise. Um, I will say to be fair, there's a few times when I feel like there's, there's almost too much story. Not it it doesn't happen a lot. Like you're gonna do a lot of grappling, a lot of action. It goes by fast and furious. But then you'll get to a cutscene, and then they, there's like a lot of talking, and it's good. It the writing is good. I'm very interested in the story. I think the the character is interesting, and I think everything they're doing is good. It just um, it brings the pace of the game to like a screeching halt. But I I can't be too mad at it because I appreciate what they're saying. But also maybe just being a little punchier would help. A little little less talking. You know mm-hmm. what I mean.
1: It's uh, a Korean developer, by the way, called Wonder Potion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love the name, by the way, Wonder yeah. Potion. Um, and the publisher's Neowiz, and they published Liza P. Oh,
0: Neowiz. Yeah, that's right.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. and they did Eight Doors. They, did, um, they publish a lot of stuff. We, they do I a lot of stuff. Both like. Yeah. So good publisher, really cool developer. Um, yeah, check this out.
0: One more little note before we get off of yeah. this game, though. So over, overwhelmingly positive. I think it's fucking great. I'm going to finish it. I think it's really good. Um, but I will say there's one disappointing aspect of this game, uh, and that's part of the story. So I'm going to just say this. It's not really spoiler because it happens in the first five minutes of the game. But, like, you start off the game in this, like, really extended cutscene with your daughter. And your daughter's this little girl. She looks like she's maybe five. And you might know where this is going. So you're, hit- you're there. She's playing with her daddy. Daddy's this important war hero general guy. And he's kind of semi-retired because he wants to take care of his kid. Blah, 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 blah. Long story short, the kid gets blown into a million fucking bits and Oh, dies. no. And I'm like, damn it. Why do we need to fridge somebody to get this story going? He could have been like, hey, I got to go on a mission. Please stay home. And I'm going to go do this thing. And I'll be back. That would have been fine. Or just like, whatever. Here's a babysitter or anything. But the daughter gets killed, like, literally the first five minutes of the game, which I was like, damn it. I just, I'm so over that as, as, a, as an impetus to drive a story forward. The developers, I will say run with it rather than simply being um your basic call to action revenge tale i mean it is a revenge tale but what happens uh, is is that your character is basically going on a, like a literal suicide mission he's not planning on coming back from this mission he's gonna right. get. he's gonna die so he's going on this like uh you yeah. know full stakes uh send me into the enemy territory on my own I'm going to get the guy who's responsible for this and I'll probably kill myself at the same time. So it definitely gives it a much heavier tone and a heavier feel because you know, from the start, this guy's not coming back. And so that gives you a very different feeling to the whole progression. And each story, each story scene has much of a heavier, you can just tell like he's, it's really really well written where he's like, you know, he's not too worried about things because he's not going to try to have an exit strategy. He's not going to try to get out. And so that, I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate they're doing something different, and I like that. I just uh, kind of wish they could have done it somehow without blowing up the little girl at the front, because I'm just really over that fridging people as a mechanic. But other than that, really positive. I like the play. I like the story. The writing is really good. Graphics really good. Feels amazing. It's just a fucking really good game all the way around. So, Sanabi is good shit, especially if you like, uh, especially especially if you like grappling hooks. So check it. out. Definitely check that one out. Final game of the show. It's something I'm quite curious about, Carlos. I haven't tried it yet, but I, I, I know the person who wrote the game, and so I'm very curious. I probably will try it, uh, and I've heard lots. Um, we were very pumped about this. I think the whole internet community and games community was pumped about it before it released. Mm-hmm. And now that it's here, it's kind of gotten a lukewarm, hot and cold kind of response to it. Pacific Drive, uh, where you kind of have a car and you drive on these roguelike missions into some weird foresty zone or something. Um, that's about all I know about it, but I think we were all kind of taken aback by the reveal of really heavy crafting elements to it. And some people think it's okay, and some people have noped out. So I, I'm i really surprised by the response, and I'm also very curious to hear your take on it. Yeah, it's a Seattle studio, by the way. Yeah, uh, I think the the forests are real forests that we live near.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the studio is Ironwood. They're from here, right? Uh, I believe. I think so. I'm not sure, yeah. but I think so. And they, it's based on Pacific Northwest and it's creepy and kind of some background is that we saw it like in some direct, the trailer.
0: Yeah. And I
1: was so in. That's not a spoiler, but I was so in immediately from Pacific Northwest, creepy driving game, which is different. And Roguelike, I was fine with if it's as long as it's like atmospheric and it's telling a story. And if you watch that trailer, like one of the first ones, it shows like you getting out of the car and seeing creepy you know figures mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like I think I'm all in like I'm a hundred percent all in um, so that's what kind of what was the vibe and it, another side note you know how I like to watch stuff and then play the game that's like it
0: yes you uh, like your multimedia experience multimedia
1: experience by the way anyone who is listening to this podcast and has that experience uh, tweet me or like message us because you know I want to know other people who do that uh, and by the way I'm Carlos is digital now on Twitter Carlos is digital um, so, yeah, I think the vibe going in, because i am oh, watching Twin Peaks again, the season three. Okay. Which I've only watched once, I realized, when it came out, because it's a huge thing for me. I'm a huge Lynch fan. And so now I'm finally going back to it, and it's almost like new in a way. And I'm just vibing on it, which is very dark, creepy, set in the Pacific Northwest show. Um, so as I'm doing that and turning on this game, I'm like, when it first starts i'm kind of all in too which is the story uh, about you going into an exclusionary zone in this woods pacific northwest olympic actually the olympic woods Mm -hmm. uh, which i've been to and is very beautiful and weird and dark um have you been to the olympic forest rainforest oh i used to live out there okay Yeah, yeah. yeah so i just i like the vibe of that place too and it kind of fits that and it feels like that but you go there because basically it says in the game that no one really goes there because weird shit happens in that zone now. And, you know, most people have left because it's fucking crazy. Gravity's wrong. There's weird things floating in the air. It just doesn't make any sense. Matter changes, you know, this is all in the beginning. So you kind of are in this zone um, and you have to. Uh, that's a long story what you have to do. If it was just you have to drive around a car. And it was a story campaign like Mr. Sheepy. Yeah. I, I would have given this like, you know, 10 out of 10 because I, li- <laughs> I like the vibe and everything like that. Oh, no. But it's not okay. that, right? You know right. that. It's, I, mean, I know it now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's get the very beginning is kind of mood where you're, you know, you've kind of find a car, you get in it quickly, you're talking to people on a radio. They're trying to figure out and help you out. Like, why are you stuck in here? I won't spoil anything because it is the whole, you know, story is, um, a spoiler, really. But anyways, you're in this car and you kind of get to a garage and you kind of get the vibe of the game, which is get out of the car. You can get out whenever you want. Walk around first person and you're going to repair your car. You're going to do things to your car. Then you're also going to get a lot of story in this beginning of this game, which okay. you know is like, what's happening? Why I'm in this place? And what what is this place? You essentially have to figure out um, what's going on in the zone you realize that there's not many people in this zone. Uh, you're very, you know, there's very few people who are gonna you know go back here because it's so crazy, uh, matter is all changing. And you are talking to people on the radio all the time, uh, which is like Firewatch. So this game is like Firewatch mixed with crafting, mixed with roguelike, mixed with the David Lynch Twin Peaks kind of vibe. So there's too many cooks in that kitchen for me Mm, So, you know, the minor spoiler is that I'm not having as much fun as I wanted to because it's jumping me back out to do these things that which is a lot of collecting and a lot of, um, you know, crafting stuff. That being said, back to our original discussion, I turned sliders down. Now, there is a lot of weird sliders. And the original reason I brought up the difficulty is weird discussion is because I don't know how I feel about turning off death. Like I can turn off death. I can turn off damage to the car. I could turn off all damage. And so then, then it comes closer to the experience I was talking about, which is like, I just want to know the story. Right. So I actually turned off a lot of stuff. Okay. So when I get back to any garage, um, you know, everything heals. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I don't have to worry about it. And if you
0: didn't, then what? You'd have to go scavenge for parts
1: or something? Scavenge, yeah. So a lot of the game basically is go out to said mission, find huge overworld map, pick a place you're going to go to, go to that place. Um, You can scavenge along the way, so you can stop the car whenever you want and get out and find a little house and scavenge and find some shit. Oh, so there's first-person action First-person walking around all the time, yeah. And you're collecting tons of shit, and you have a thing in your back of your trunk that can storage stuff. And you have crafting in the back of your trunk. Is there
0: encumbrance? Can you only carry a limit or can you carry? You have a limit.
1: It's a uh, Resident Evil style. Oh, so it's okay. like little boxes, okay. right? Gotcha. Yep. But you have storage in your trunk and you have crafting in your trunk. So similar to what was the game I just said? Um, where you can craft wherever you want.
0: Oh, small land? Small land.
1: Yeah. So you can craft in your truck, in your car. You know, Makes sense. Sure. So I wasn't running out of space too much and I was bringing what I needed, which is like repair kits for your tires and stuff like that. I was driving for a while and hearing a lot of like loud sounds. And I was like, what's going on in my car? Got out of the car, looked at my tire. It was flat. So then I fixed it with the, re- you know, repair kit. It wasn't bothering me, but here's where I kind of almost noped out last night. Okay. Where I was having a good time doing, I slide, turned the sliders down when I got back to my, you know, garage, I kind of enjoyed the storytelling, like Firewatch style. I would repair my car. I kind of liked and saw how people could like the uh, you know, meticulous finding stuff and, and hoarding stuff and then crafting. And I was kind of having a okay time. I go out to my next mission, which again, you drive pretty far, um, and I like some of the storytelling that's happening out there. But then there's these floating bad guys. I don't want to say what they are. There's something floating. And they just picked up my car while I was driving and just threw me in a direction. And I was like, fuck, in a game like this, it's a car. I got to drive out of this ditch you just threw me in, you know? And it basically like set like a tone of like, I don't want to do any more of this. Like Mm. there was so much ahead of me before that thing threw me into a ditch. Yeah. That it made it like cumbersome. Like at that moment last night when I stopped playing it was too cumbersome and i was like i don't like because this. just like it was just hard to maneuver your car out of it like you just your progress Yeah, and then if there was damage in any way i didn't set off all the damage so it's like yeah i still had damage when i was in the mission right and then on top of that like when i got to the next stage there was enemy you know things that could like i guess i didn't turn off player death yet but there's things that could hurt me and i was just trying to get one thing and then leave but i kept getting hurt by this electricity and then that guy was coming back and trying to get my car again. And, and they were trying to tell me story firewatch style. Oh, at the same time, like someone's talking at the same time. Same way yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm oh. trying to paint you the picture. It's hard to explain, okay, okay. but the vibe is you. like so many things are happening on these little missions that they're trying to tell you story. You're trying to avoid things. You're worried about damage. And then you're thinking about like, um, you know, grabbing, looting stuff. So that's like six things. Mm, I want one of those, you know. I want to watch Twin Peaks and then play this, and then like, you know, maybe do crafting at the base. But I just feel like there is so much stuff to do, even on each mission. That maybe later down down the road it gets more story heavy, and it's just about like this vibe. I just love the vibe. It was when it was raining, I turned my little wipers on. I like being in a car. There is so much to like, right?
0: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. there
1: is also so much.
0: Interesting. Um, if that makes sense, it does. It does. I think you're painting a pretty effective picture here. Um, I'm still going to try it just because I feel like I owe it to uh, the writer. Her name is Carrie, uh, who is a friend of mine from Twitter. Um, they are a Seattle studio. I just looked it up while you're talking, so they're in Seattle, so that they're they're homegrown and uh, they're they're showing, like you said, stuff that we where I used to live and nearby. I think that's always kind of neat to do, but I guess. Having not played this yet, I want to ask you, Carlos. So, if it was up to you, I mean, you've kind of answered this already, but to put a specific, specific target on it, if you could take any of these elements, like what would you ideally want to be doing? Like, what, like, if you could pick and choose, if this was the buffet of elements in Pacific Drive, what would you put on your plate and what would you leave behind, or, or how would you approach this?
1: Here, and this is actually positive for the developers and your friend. There's so much to like here. I like the creepiness and the story, and I think it fits a vibe of not only like Twin Peaks or Pacific Northwest. Or X Files and all that kind of stuff. And I like the art, and it definitely feels like Firewatch, which we both liked, right? Big time, yeah. It's just keeping it simpler somehow because there's too many things going on. In my car alone, there's many things to think about, right? Like meters and upgrades that I could be doing. And there's the map, which happens, it operates a different way than normal maps. And then when I get out of the car, you know, there's all the different parts to my car I have to think about. Then when I get out on a mission, there's many different things that can hurt me in different ways. Like there was a gravity thing. And then there was also electricity. And then there was also that guy who was floating and through my car. That was all just in one mission of one road. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then at the end I did beat that thing and it felt good. And I liked going back to my base. I just, it's just, I want it to be simpler. I don't think you can, you know, reverse engineer this game now at this point, but that's my answer to you is like, I like so much. Oh, by the way, there's music, which some, not many games do like actual licensed music. Um, and I like that because then you really get a vibe, uh, just like Twin Peaks or anything else that has a good soundtrack. It's got an original score by this person, but like they all feel like, uh, oh, there's actually licensed songs too. Yeah. It just feels like you, you go to a jukebox, you can put the music in your cassette or whatever on your car. So there's, yeah, there's a such a good vibe. Short answer is there's also so much. Well,
0: <laughs> oh, I have to wonder. I don't want to be like armchair developer here, although I guess I will be just for a second, so forgive me. Um, but in the the options that you mentioned, I mean, it sounds like there's lots and lots and lots, like more than the usual amount of options to turn things on or turn things off. Yes. Or change things. And I have to wonder, not to, not to cast aspersions on anybody, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything, but I have to wonder, um, when I see games like that, where they let you do a surprising amount of change to the gameplay i have to wonder if they realize maybe halfway through oh wait like this is too much stuff or maybe maybe response from people isn't what they expected like maybe people don't want to deal with death or maybe they don't want to deal with um you know patching up damage when they get back to the garage or whatever so they give you the option to kind of salvage the experience um i'm I'm just guessing i don't know i haven't played this game but kind of what you're describing and plus that number of options to me kind of says ah, uh, we know this might be a problem, so we're going to let you mitigate this on your own if you also think it's a problem. Today. Yeah,
1: I think you're 100% right. And I do want to keep like enjoying this experience and like learning. I need I need to know, you know what I mean? Like what's going on in some of these zones. Um, so I'm going to, when I go back and try it, probably tonight, I'm going to turn everything off.
0: I was just going to say, you're going to turn everything off. I'm going to turn the story everything yeah. off. I mean, yeah.
1: bro, everything. And by the yeah. way, even if I turn everything off, that little motherfucker who picks up my car is still going to bother me.
0: Right. Because
1: that's right. still like a, a nuisance to get out of a ditch. Um, don't like that. Don't like that at all, by the way. I got to say, that's my biggest con. Don't throw my car. Yes. getting
0: cars out of a ditch in general, in real life, that's fun. very difficult. Very yeah. difficult. Yes. Then I got a
1: flat tire all of a sudden. No, no, no. So I am going to turn everything off. Basically, like going to make it super easy because I do want to know the story. And it definitely feels like if you want to do a box quote, without all the other stuff I just said, um, Twin Peaks with Firewatch. Yeah, which is great. I mean, That's that sounds it. really appealing, yeah. That's, like, a really good box code. That's kind of what the game is at times with its own vibe because it's got, like, its own lo- lore and stuff. But, yeah, I think I'm going to turn everything off. I think you should try it and turn most things off. I would. I probably will, um, yeah. I don't have a lot just of time go for crafting
0: in- and resources and stuff.
1: Yeah, because, I, you know, who doesn't like looting? I like, like looting stuff. That's kind of fun. And I was in like in the dark and I turned like a flare on and I was like looking around this camper, you know, and like finding all this stuff that's kind of relaxing and fun to do. But I just don't want
0: to be worried about a lot of stuff. Right. right so, right. yeah. Interesting. Sounds pretty experimental. Um, I'm still curious about it, especially, you know, because I said my friend wrote it and because it's set in Seattle. So I definitely want to play it. So. Thanks for the heads up. I think uh, I'm probably going to follow your lead and probably just turn off a lot of the stuff and just get the I already know what kind of player I am. So I'm not too worried about it. I just know um, I'll probably turn maybe three quarters of that stuff off and see yeah. how it goes. So, do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. All right, folks, that is the main portion of the show. We covered a lot of stuff today. We're just about to bounce. But before we go, we do have a couple non game things to mention this week. Carlos, you got anything you want to toss out here before we bail? few things. Rory Scoville, who I love, um, his special
1: is out right now on Max. Is this a comedian? Stand-up comic, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Everything he does, I think, is funny and interesting and weird. Anyways, it's super cool. There's a little bit of improv in it, too, which most stand-up specials don't do, but he'll do some crowd work and stuff. Uh, Hideo Kojima's documentary is out now. I know. I was going to watch it later this afternoon. I think I I might watch it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll both watch it. Um, I want to give a shout-out. Like, she needs one. But Kim Gordon is back from Sonic Youth. Yeah. Um, she had a, so- a solo record. She's so smart, so fucking cool. And both of her new singles are fucking what the world needs. I don't know. They're fucking great. Um, they're kind of experimental and rock, but uh, the singles are I'm a Man and Bye Bye. Go check them out. Kim Gordon is awesome, and she's made a comeback. Uh, Last Epoch, which I played in Early Access, is now out for real. And I, that's a game thing, but um, I just wrote it down. I forgot about it. And I might, I'm probably going to go back to it. Because remember, I bought Early Access for that game. I do not remember what that game is. Oh, okay. It's a Diablo-type game. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Uh, But it's out now. Um, and then also,
0: oh, no, I already mentioned that documentary thing. I think that's it. Okay um not much for me this week uh speaking of stand-up comedy taylor tomlinson's newest uh, stand-up came up uh jay monster friend and fan of the show sent me a message and let me know that it was out so i appreciate that because i missed it um we got about halfway through i'm gonna finish it i am a taylor tomlinson fan um i do feel like this one isn't as good as her previous two specials though i feel like maybe i don't want to make any sweeping judgments but sometimes when people start getting like really successful they kind of lose a bit of edge and i feel like um i don't know it feels kind of off on this one i think her her uh her, her her performance, her kind of production is a little bit off on this, but mm. we'll see. I had a couple laughs, but it wasn't like side-splitting like her last couple have been, so I don't know. Maybe it's me, maybe it's that, but I'll give it a shot. It's out there anyway, and I'm still definitely a fan of Taylor Tomlinson. She's good stuff. Yeah, me too. uh The other thing I want to say is there's a movie on Netflix. I saw somebody, I think like somebody like the Mary Sue or somebody mentioned it, and it kind of caught my attention. It's from maybe Sweden. I want to say maybe Sweden, or maybe it's one of those... Iceland, one of those countries. I forget. I, you know, we historically struggle with that region of the world on the show. I'm, I just have to accept that and admit it and apologize. But it's called The Abyss in English. It's not, um, called that in their, in their own language, obviously. And this is not the James Cameron Abyss. And there's also another Abyss that's not this one either. There, if you go to Netflix, there's like three abysses that Whoa. pop up. And this is the one that shows like a blonde lady with like some mountain in the background. Um, but basically it's about, I guess I never realized how big a industry mining is in that part of the world. So they talk about the steel industry and how it's like the backbone of the country. They they build this company town in the middle of nowhere to support the steel mill or the steel mine that they're doing. And so this lady, uh, female protagonist main character, she is like the, the safety chief of the mine. And so what happens is there's this like fault that they didn't realize. Um, the whole town starts sinking disaster starts happening and just like bad stuff happens. And so it's kind of like this disaster adventure, but Mm. it's an interesting one because the lady is not traditionally what you would expect from an American female lead actress. She's strong and she is, you know, forthspoken, but she's also sometimes kind of an asshole in ways that you kind of don't expect. And she's like a little more conservative than you would think. And the way that she approaches things, is just like, you can tell this is not an American movie. Like some of the choices is just clearly not American, like different flavor. Um, there's a really funny side, uh, side story about her meeting this new guy and the new guy meets the old guy. And that's like kind of a weird fucking awkward thing, which is really kind of funny. But basically it's like this disaster story with a, a different spin from a different part of the world. I think it's worth watching whole family really enjoyed it. And we thought it was really good movie, but also good to see how different it was and how different from our expectations it was. So mm. good stuff called the abyss. It's on Netflix right now. And that's all I got. One more so thing. One more thing. Oh, one more thing uh
1: hell divers which we are still playing weirdly enough
0: oh fuck i forgot to say it i forgot to say it oh my god i can't well, believe it
1: now here it is here it is at the end of the show i wanted to mention something about what i did recently on a tiktok but do you want to start or do you want me to yes so i'll Helldivers? say it
0: really quickly and then you can close it out okay. so man oh, i can't believe i even had notes at the beginning of the show and i totally forgot i can't believe i forgot well, okay, i reminded anyway. you here we go you did uh so hell divers 2 I know we've been, it's still glitchy. There's still problems. It's not fixed yet. It's still not ready to go, but they have been slowly getting better. They've been patching it again, like once, at least once per day. And uh, I joined the discord to get the uh, patch notes and they've been like patching this thing like a motherfucker. So they're working on it. Mm-hmm. It's not, not quite there, but they just recently said they raised the player cap uh, before it was at 450,000 concurrent players. They had to raise it up to 700,000. So it's up to 700,000 now, And well, now you can get in. So there's no waiting period fast, anymore. Yeah. yeah. I've been getting in no problem first time, which is great. So I'm glad they raised the cap, which is a pretty high cap. I mean, 700,000, that's thousand—that's a—that's not a small number. Um, so that's that's good. Uh, you can actually play it now instead of waiting for hours and hours to get through the queue. The only other thing I'm going to say real quickly is, this is kind of a funny story. I told you this already, Carlos, but I'm sharing on the podcast here. Uh, I was playing, got in right away. I was happy, joined up with a random squad of people. And I noticed that the leader of the squad was named Trump. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got fucking pissed. I was so mad. I was like, what the fuck? What is going on? I was going to bail, but I'm like, no, wait a minute. I'm not going to bail. I'm going to go in this. So we we drop down to the surface. Trump grabs his gun. I grab my gun. And as soon as he walks past me, I turn around and I fucking blast him in the back, dude. Oh, I fucking shoot dumb, his ass dumb, dumb. dead. I'm like, yep. You name yourself motherfucking Trump. This is what you motherfucking get. You fucking ass motherfucker. So I shot him dead. I laughed for a minute and then it bounced and left his squad so anyway um, if you're also a person who cares about human rights and about the world and about democracy do yourself a favor and shoot Trump if you see him democracy Uh, that's funny but yeah real democracy you're supposed to be spreading democracy in the game spread real democracy by by telling Trump in the game he shouldn't name himself that that's shitty so
1: on top of that a lot of people have been um, killing each other uh, the teammates I haven't had that
0: experience at all. I haven't had. I haven't had either. Zero I, don't of that play, experience. I don't
1: play multiplayer, but I've heard people are doing it for resources. But it's so stupid because you share
0: the resources. That doesn't make any sense at all because there's no reason to do that because there's literally no benefit to it. You I don't. Know. You don't. Yeah. I mean, just to be fair, I have not had anybody player kill me. Me killing Trump was the first time I've ever player killed anybody on purpose, and I haven't done it again. There's no There's no benefit to to no, trolling not people at all. or anything. So. Yeah, yeah, that's why they didn't, they
1: didn't build PV uh, P in that because no, they didn't want no, that. Yeah. there's no point. There's no point. The couple it. quick held everything. By the way, we're still playing even though we like were not glowing reviews when we first talked about
0: it. I'm waiting for it to get good, man. I'm waiting for um, those fucking mech suits to show up.
1: Yeah, the mech suits. But for me, a solo. I know it's weird and people make fun of me playing solo in you know, multiplayer game solo. But um, yeah, I I didn't have as much of a problem as you did this whole time getting into a game. Um, I don't know if making a separate server for just solo people was easier, but it it hasn't been like in the very beginning. Yeah. It was a long wait time, but yeah, for a long time now I've been fine. So Hmm, interesting. Anyways. um, I just want to mention that I made a video on TikTok, glitch to the ground, uh, check it out or on YouTube, you glitch to the ground. But yeah, I uh, made a video where I'd found, and I asked you about this too in text, but like I had found my own dead body Like when you come back down after you die, right? I don't normally see my dead body, uh, and I'm saying my dead body here because it looks, you know, it just looks just like you. So in the TikTok, I'm like, oh look, it's my clone, because that's what it feels like to me. You keep dropping down, dying and dying. It seems like they're just remaking you, but the developers and a bunch of people and everybody who was on TikTok is like, no, you're wrong. It's there are a bunch of different just people frozen, but they just look like you. That's all and it why did it look like you because that the armor you picked and so they they put them in your armor that you picked okay so that's an idea that's an idea okay. I'm gonna prove <laughs> this wrong potentially <laughs> so you know I go, okay, fine, it's not a clone, but it, for me it just shocked me because yeah, you haven't seen your full dead body before, right like
0: it's very a shocking occasionally. Thing. usually
1: I'm bits I don't I don't leave a lot of corpses behind so. yeah, so <laughs> I saw like me just lying there and I'm like, wow, how'd that even happen also. I had never seen it. So it freaked me out, made the video. Everybody's like, you're wrong. So then someone in the comments is like, go to the tutorial. You know, they say like something about, you know, being frozen or soldier. So I do the tutorial and two amazing things happen. One, I go to like areas where you can die in the tutorial and I just keep dying. But like I told you last night, like, are those just more soldiers? Because I'm killing a bunch of them. Yes, they all look like me again but they're not clones They're I'm literally bringing in a bunch of more enlisted soldiers to kill them in the same spot. Okay. That's weird. It's very strange. Yes. It leans towards their clones. Okay. In my opinion. And then, so that's a whole thing. I'm gonna make a video of that. But then the other thing is, and I I don't think I told you this, but I was just mucking about and like I do for the glitch of the ground, I found a way out of the map for tutorial level. Uh, did I tell you this yet? No, you didn't mention this. Oh, this is good, dude. Because, again, I live for this shit. So I went to an area where you're supposed to kill monsters in tutorial, jumped on the wall, jumped, skated on the other wall, jumped a double jump or something, and I got out. I got out of the tutorial. And then I just explored, and I'm making a video of that. And I found a, a hidden statue. I, found un, I went under the ground. Um, it's fucking awesome. I love it. I love doing that shit.
0: Interesting. Well, that is interesting. I wasn't aware that you could do that. Um, well, I, will I don't just think anybody say, knows you can. Well, yeah. yeah, I think you're probably the first. Uh, I will just say in response to the clone issue, uh, it's just a video game. I don't I don't know. I haven't honestly thought that deep into it. Um, I If I had to pick anything, I mean, maybe both. Maybe everybody is a clone, but they send different clones down. I don't know. I mean, it's your same armor. It's your same loadout. So I think that lends credence to the clone thing. But you can also... Um, randomize the voice and so like that's sometimes, what they said. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be a lady hell diver, sometimes I'll be a dude hell diver, sometimes I'll be high voice ladies, sometimes he low you know, so there's different voices. I mean, I don't know. I think I think you're just supposed to from a meta perspective, just kind of appreciate the um the satire of throwing people's lives into this giant meat grinder for democ for quote unquote democracy. And just, you know, just roll with anything. So I haven't haven't thought that deep, much about it. I know. But at the same time,
1: one, you know, anytime there's a comment field, people are going to uh, tell you you're wrong. And secondly, um, if it is like real people that are frozen, you know, there isn't an unlimited number of people. Like, I mean, I guess there's millions of people they froze. Like, cause, you I know, mean, if this was the real world, there would be a finite number, but I think we can do infinite. Yeah, then if it's infinite, it's a clone. That's what I'm saying. That's all it's I'm saying.
0: It's also a video game. You'll
1: play both male and female. You are not a clone. That's what the one my last comment said. <laughs> um, so, yeah, because you can change the voice to random like you said. Yeah, you can. I'm reading a comment in real time. But could you not also have clones that are male and female? Of course you could. Sure. It's clones, know. so I'm gonna make a video and you're gonna yeah. send it to the discord and we're gonna yes. get the developers take on
0: it Tag the developers ask them and that'll settle it right whatever whatever the developers say is canon So ask them make your video tag them in we'll get a response And then whatever response we get we'll read back on the show and that'll that'll settle it unless I make them change their mind It's that's possible you can an win option. them over yeah, Alright an folks and on that cliffhanger we're gonna yes. end this show, but before we close, I do want to ask you all to please leave reviews, share us on social media, but most important of all, please recommend us to your friends because nothing beats good old word of mouth. Also, again, if you want to support the show and help us out with the cost of running the podcast, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash the so Podcast. and any $5 or £5 member and above will get Discord access given to you specifically by me... And thank you once again to special Patreon supporter, special because he's the only person this week, Paul Grillberger. Thank you so much, Paul. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, And as always, we want to get your questions and comments, uh, whether they are related to the Patreon or not. Hit us up, sovitygamespodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up individually. Uh, Carlos, where are we sending your uh, traffic this week, sir?
1: Well, it's glitch to the ground always, but I'm going to say go check out our YouTube channel. It's at So Video Games Podcast. Uh, we put up our first video. It just has a few views, you know, 50 or 60, but it already has a comment. Nice. So I can read it right now. In the, Did you write it? No. Oh, okay. The YouTube short is basically us talking about AAA games and the, the industry changing. I haven't and, even
0: seen it yet. I got to go see it.
1: Yeah, you'll see it after this. And basically, like, the fact that, um, you know, need to take more chances and not just rely on Halo, you know? Sure. And so the first comment was, and I'll read it here... Um, is modern games, to me, just don't have the feeling that an actual person made them anymore. The bigger the developer team gets, the more they try to please everyone. Great quote, or great comment. That is a pretty good comment, yeah. Good uh, one. It's from Ken's Private Investigation, is the okay. user. But check out uh, Atso Video Games Podcast on YouTube. I'm going to do uh, shorts every week. Yeah, all right. so
0: cool we will we'll pimp those here and we'll uh, get the word out that well, sounds good check it out check it out as for me you can hit me up on instagram blue sky and twitter it's my name b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's and this is going to do it for episode 377 thank you all again for joining us here on the so games podcast and we'll see you next week see you next week.